1: Welcome to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in northwest Pennsylvania. Broadcast live each and every weeknight, Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. Thank you so much, Global Star, for all you do for us. We're simulcast as well on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you as well. And you can watch us live by archive. Just go to HagmanandHagman.com. There you can choose your venue. Also, <clears throat> our uh, website's back up. HagmanReport.com. It was down for a little while this morning. This I think from like 3 o'clock this morning until, uh, oh, I don't know, about 6, 6.30. Um, ran out of bandwidth, actually. It was our fault. My fault. Self-inflicted wound. But we got it back up. So anyway. And, uh, of course, post-election wrap-up tonight. Now we've got a lot of things to talk about. I'm just, I'm amazed. Uh, uh, how many of you y'all feel like zombies y'all feel like you know you're worn out you just ran a marathon i man i'll tell you i'm getting too old is it kind of like danny glover i'm getting too old for this uh of course he expletive added but um yeah you know it's uh wow what a what an incredible um the 24 hours the 24 hours ago uh we were in we were into our first hour of our six hour uh, show extended program and uh had no idea who was going to do what, when, or where. And, uh, wow, uh, historic indeed. Now, tonight we've got a great show lined up for you, weighing in on the election results and what this means in the context of the globalist versus nationalist, nationalist versus globalist. Hour two, Paul McGuire. You're not going to want to miss Paul McGuire in hour two. In hour three, pastor david langford again giving his take on what this all means both of these gentlemen um no strangers to the agman Agman report and certainly no strangers to what's going on um uh, tonight's broadcast brought to you by casper do you have a casper do you know folks i'm going to tell you something casper mattresses are the best And as soon as I'm, as soon as I am done with this broadcast, Casper, I'm coming for you. (laughs) I'm referring to Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses, folks. And um, they're fantastic. Premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Casper.com slash CFB radio. That's Casper.com slash CFB radio. More about that later. But yeah, you know, uh, Joe and I were and Eric the tech, uh, and Eric, you got a mic up, man. I'm telling you, we we, yeah, you need a mic up because we were all sitting in the office today before the show, and uh, we were talking about what happened last night and, and, and. I can't wait for you. And we we spoke to Pastor uh, Langford earlier. I, I I spoke to him earlier. I, I spoke to Steve Quayle as well, and a number of other people about uh, about events. Interesting, to say the least. We're going to be getting into that that as well. Um, love Trump's hate. Love Trump's hate. Right? Apparently, it doesn't. If you notice on the Twitter streams you've got uh, certainly a lot of these snowflakes that wear love Trump's hate uh, Trump's hate t-shirts but calling for the death assassination killing of Donald Trump you've got some uh, riots that started to break out I was talking to JD yeah. early this morning and uh, uh, riots breaking out in San Francisco Joe I mean did you did you see that uh, I think I, I
2: yeah I posted some uh, a story to the that effect on Hagman report earlier
1: today, as uh, oh yeah 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 that's true I, 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 I'm sorry I'm walking around like a, like a zombie <laughs> we're all on no. on running on fumes as
2: uh, we were all up till the you know very early morning as the announcement from. Uh, The media came down, what about three thirty or so, and then Trump came out and 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 talked. And
1: collectively, everyone in the studio today—Eric, Joe, and uh, (laughs) I—between the three of us, we've had six hours of sleep between the three of us over the last thirty-six hours. So, yeah, do the math, I guess. And you know, what was interesting about last night—waiting
2: to see—and we ended our broadcast at midnight we had a six hour and folks you want to catch the whole show from yesterday you're not the podcast is not going to do that for you the podcast will catch um you know the middle of the show hours two uh three and four Uh, that was what we did ten to seven we broadcast from six to midnight last night and um we watched each and every, uh, you know, update from all the states, we had our each of us had different maps out and uh, charts out uh, showing the progress of the presidential race and the uh, votes that were have been counted. And early on, to me, it looked like Trump had a, a big advantage. And I, uh, you know, just a few things. I don't believe Hillary Clinton got that many votes. I don't know what they did. I think the final total was, we were just looking at, was it fifty nine million each, Eric, and minus they're plus two hundred thousand for Clinton. She won. They're saying she won the popular
1: vote. Yes, yes, but, but, but you know what, Joe? Even more important than that. See, I, I I don't think, in the I don't think Americans understand exactly what happened yesterday. Um, Trump did not just beat Hillary. Trump beat Obama. Mm-hmm. He beat. He, he beat the Democratic committee or Democratic Party, but he, he also beat the GOP.
2: Yeah, and especially the eight the last eight years of the Obama administration
1: policies. Yes, but, but uh, the the again, I, I really believe everyone was against them. The Republican committee was against him. The Republican Party, as essentially, was really against him. He beat the Republican Party. He beat the... I mean, he had... Uh, he, it's kind of like Christians today, in a sense. Now, maybe that's not the right analogy to use, and, and, and uh, let me walk that back. Um, he was fighting everybody in order to, to get this win. Um, he was fighting the Democratic Party. He was fighting the press who were aiding the democratic yeah. party he was he was fighting um the republican party he was fighting the never trump Graham, movement and the, the yeah republican yeah. party he, he, he was fighting the the george bushes george, george soros george soros and bill clinton and hillary clinton of course so that's a given but the dynasties the family cabals he he won i, I mean this guy, say what you want. If you don't like him, you know, you've got to give him a lot of credit Um because everywhere he turned, I mean, he was facing enemies. And that's the reference I was making to us as Christians because I think we have enemies everywhere. Um, so the fight that he put up in the victory is analogous in that respect. I, I haven't heard too many people really call out uh the Republicans today um I haven't heard of course i haven't we really i mean we watched some of the footage but we tried to uh just watch the relevant footage anyway um but 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 no i mean this is this is something but but the historic end of this and pastor Langford has a different take on this. He's not going to use the word historic, okay? So,
2: um you know, many of the TV pendants last night said it was historic. Uh, they had the panels there on the different news networks, and they called it unprecedented. They called it historic. They called it, uh, you know, once in a lifetime. Right. uh The Trump victory. <clears throat> and the question that they were asking was, how did the media get it so wrong? how were this how did they not have a clue all well, the polling that was done and eric you can you can feel free to jump enough. in
1: real tech eric at all, real tech eric
2: all the uh, scandals everything that they i think that the question they were asking themselves wasn't uh, how did the media get it so wrong it was that's the question in a sense but how did the media get it so wrong as to not get it right
1: instead especially of the, when they had of talking control talking about the over truth. It. right right you know, folks, um, and I want to stress this, at least it, it, from my point of view, um, I don't know how many elections this is for me. I mean, I, I go back to, well, you don't have to know. <laughs> but, but, but I... As you said
2: yesterday, what, you're coming up on your uh high school
1: reunion. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. But 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 here's the thing. Um... The work... Do not, folks. Do not... Please don't think that this is the end of of everything, you know, or the end of um, our our work. Our work is just beginning. Please refrain, if you can, uh, from spiking the football in the end zone.
2: If you think Uh, about it like this, um, uh, and we'll put it in football terms, you have um, a running back who's five yards from the goal line, and he runs into a defender who who stands him straight up right at the five-yard line. Well, he pushes and gains those two yards that he needs for the first down. He's still short of the end zone. Uh, the team can't give up and be happy with that first down. They're either going to score the touchdown, continue, you know, get up, continue, and move, you know, the defense that lasts three yards. Right or they're going to give the ball back to the other team.
1: And that's where we are. You know, we have... Well, to me, though, Joe, using that same analogy, this is like having your own line turn around and try to tackle you. I mean, in yeah. addition to the other team. It's just, it, it's yeah that bad. But, you know, um, we, we've been, many people have prayed, and
2: I think, you know, the fact that Donald Trump's president isn't as sweet as the fact that Hillary Clinton is not the president. Say that again. I think the fact that, not the fact that Donald Trump became president, it's not as sweet as Hillary Clinton not taking the presidency. So many people were worried about Hillary Clinton becoming president, with her never-ending uh, want for power and money, uh, her her temperament. You know, we've read, all heard the stories of how she acts behind the cameras, uh, swearing, throwing things, treating people without respect. Acting as if the world resol- revolves around herself, throwing shoes at Secret Service agents, calling them, you know, racial slurs and some, uh, you know, you, you know, I, I do suspect and that they had to
1: like uh, hide the bric-a-brac last <laughs> night in the lamps and the ashtrays from her room. And um, you
2: know what? That was interesting yesterday when the I don't know what time it was, maybe two thirty in the morning. John Podesta comes out. Yes, I saw that. And. You have a uh, Trump camp, and, and he's a. I don't know where exactly they were, but each had their own. They were in their own buildings. They had their own, uh, you know, arena or place yeah, for people. Yeah,
1: they were in the glass ceiling, Javits Center, I believe it Oh yeah, it was. The glass ceiling, right.
2: Javits Center. Um, and you know, when a candidate, when it's announced, when the the elections announced, a candidate will come out and say to their constituents, you know, we tried our best. You know, we did what we could. It was a great run. Um, unfortunately, I didn't win tonight. Podesta came out and said, Well, folks, it's too close to call. It looks like we're gonna wait and we're yep. gonna all gonna go home, we're gonna regroup and we're gonna come back tomorrow. And, and to me, that yep. was the, uh, you know, the speech where they, they're saying, We are done. Uh, we lost. Thank you, everybody. But they didn't do that, and Hillary Clinton did did not come out. I imagine because uh, she was swearing and beating that. an intern see, in
1: a corner somewhere. Or, or looking for Huma um, she, and Anthony You know, William. she
2: rejoined the campaign yesterday. Uh, that's something we never yeah. got a chance yeah, to cover. Yeah,
1: but uh, you know, did you, did you folks, did you see the body language today when when Hillary delivered her concession speech a day late? Um, and, and by the way, this—I I wrote an article. It's on CanadaFreePress dot com, You can comment on the Canada Free Press. It's only two hundred and forty words, but it, it addresses Joe the fact that she did not give a concession speech last yeah. night. Now, she but she gave it today. Okay, I understand that. However, and what it, could the reasons be? Well, it, it to me it doesn't really matter what the reasons are, but you you're looking at. Something that every defeated presidential candidate since 1960 had has done. Now I went back to 1960. MSNBC um, had a compilation of videos, and and Ford was kind of kind. was kind of a weird thing because I think his wife delivered like uh, a concession speech. Uh, Gerald Ford. Uh, however, every single candidate had a concession speech. She didn't. Now, that to me is a problem. That reflects something much more than the obvious. I I guess when you look, if it were me, and I'm looking at this room today, but I was looking at that room of supporters, Joe, and they were on pins and needles. They were there all night long. They were waiting for... Uh, her, I would feel like if it was me, I, I would have an obligation to my supporters to go out there and say, you right, know
2: what? Right. Hey, you know, it, and that's indicative of the kind of president she would have been, I believe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And even today, and I, on my, I, I did send out a, a tweet today. Um, I, I have a, I have a problem with that, with that concession speech. To, to me, it wasn't, and I, um, I said this in, in, in my Twitter, uh, Comment today, where, in my opinion, this was not. Um, I mean, she, she. I can't. I can't even bring up my Twitter feed actually right now, <laughs> but but she didn't. She, to me, she is pushing forward an agenda. Still pushing forward an agenda, and you're right, Joe. It, it, everything seems to be revolve around her, and her agenda. But I, I just sensed a lot of animosity, and. There's something. It look in in her concession speech today, which she was an hour and a half an hour and a half late for. Um, do you think she is, Obama? Well, the Clintons have always been like that, but um, I just I believe that it was not a concession speech. It was uh, that they were going to carry on the agenda, regardless of the wishes of the American people. And, and but but here's the, the the other thing I really want people to know. Uh, I really believe that we have to watch um, what happens over the next uh, what well, between now and the inauguration. Yep, with this is Obama. a very important period. Then. You know, yeah. I, I mean, folks, it, let me just say this: It's not over. It. it I, I guess the election is over, but the events involved in the election are not over, and not only that, we're also picking up this transition, and we're also seeing this hatred against Trump, and we're seeing that we have not yet seen the blowback that I do believe is coming. But I've been wrong before, and you know, I was wrong about this election. Heck, uh, you know, a year ago, I was saying it was going to be a Bush and uh, Clinton, and and Clinton would win. That was my thought. You know, based on
2: former patterns of behavior, um, I think most people who have been paying attention would have said it was going to be a Bush Clinton run. But you got a half right though, uh, with the Clinton.
1: But, 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 I got, I got the winner wrong. And, but see, and, and that's why I, 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 th- I thought, uh, it was an exercise in futility to, um, be entertained by the, 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 the running tally yesterday. You no, know, I mean, Clinton's up, Trump's up. Uh, this state, that state. It's tiring. There's a fatigue that, that sets in. Everyone is tired right now. Mm-hmm. I, everyone I've talked to today, they're exhausted. I wonder how many people out there in our listening
2: audience went to bed before learning, or unless they knew you know, that the writing was on the wall, Trump was going to win. I think uh, with the level of engagement that's, hap- that's come with this, Presidential election. I would say most people st- stayed awake, unless yeah. they had, you know, had to, had to, had to get to work in the next day. And even then, um, I, I just can't see people not, you know, sit hanging tooth and nail on uh, the results of this election, because the implications are far reaching. Even though the Trump has won, but f- with, if it was a Hillary Clinton presidency, um, and thank God it's not the, you know. This is a matter of, of will, can America bounce back economically? Can America bounce back in the jobs uh, arena? And can we loosen the globalist ties that have uh, wrapped its tentacles around our whole country? Can and, we uh, do that, the that's that's that the big picture, yeah. yes.
1: And, and we have to. I would urge every, Yes, Joe, that's uh, excellent. Uh, I would urge everyone to really look at the bigger picture, what this represents, because I we this country remains so divided, and you know isn 't it something that we have the first black president he 's not black however that 's what that 's what he 's portrayed as he 's arab but okay we 'll say stipulate the first black president eight years, and this country is more divided after eight years of obama than this than this country has ever been, but it 's not just the race it 's the economic factors it 's the um, ideological factors. It's the spiritual factors. The uh, you know abortion, the the murdering of unborn that matters to people. Um, the unlaw the lawlessness it matters to people. Except those who who except those who doesn't matter to you can wear a Trump loves hate or a love Trump's hate uh, yeah love Trump's hate T-shirt all day long and call for the assassination of Trump. I I don't get it. I I mean, well, I do get it. it. It's there's this mentality out there that is demonic in nature and spiritually, mm-hmm. you know. So,
2: and I this the this, this generation snowflake. And I was expecting, you know, meltdowns, college universities, kids' heads to explode. Um, you know, people setting themselves on fire in well, the streets. Uh, Perez Hilton had a very visible meltdown. I didn't see that. See, I... No, uh, not that I care, but... And there's an article here, and I hope that these people <coughs> keep their keep their word. Uh, this is from The Hill from earlier today. Celebrities who said they'd leave the country if Trump won, and then they put together a list. Yes, And yes. Uh, one or two of them have already said, yes, we're leaving.
1: I well, that, like. that's that's okay by me. And uh, I think that's okay by all of Samuel our Jackson? listeners. Samuel yeah. yeah, Jackson is
2: on that list. Yep. Yeah. Goodbye, Samuel. Um uh, Brian <laughs> Cranston. Uh, and there's I mean Le- Leah Dunham, the feminist comedia. Uh and there's C- Na- Na- that- Nev Campbell S- S- comedian. S- comedian. Comedian. Uh yeah. Nev Campbell. I don't even um, I don't sure. even know half of these people. Then you got Singers, Miley Cyrus, well that's good. One less Satanist in the country, Barbara Streisand. Um just in <laughs> yeah. one I wonder how many uh, John. Stewart, former Daily Show host. Whoopi Goldberg. Good. Woo. Go. Let's see, I'll pay for her ticket. Uh-huh. But
1: but but behind you see behind this glitter and all this stuff, Joe, uh, of these celebrities and stuff, we still have to keep the pressure on. We, we our work is just beginning because number one, we still have to keep the pressure on the Clinton Foundation. Yep, we, look, that's a criminal enterprise. Just because she uh, lost the
2: election doesn't
1: mean the investigation should
2: not move forward. Thank People you. should not stop digging into the information. Podesta's emails are still being leaked. I yeah, do believe WikiLeaks you, have a trove of more emails to release. I think we need to vet those as if we did the way we did just before uh, the election was held, looking for the gems in there. Yep. And uh, and there 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 is we can put our you. foot off the gas in that regard. And then as for, far as Trump's concerned, we need to hold his feet to the fire. We do. As far as the promises he made, and he's not going to be treated any differently than Obama uh, on in Hagman's studio here uh he's gonna need to to keep the promises that he's made, and you know the moment he starts doing things that are that are uh looks like some funny business is going on um you know we're gonna hold him accountable we're i mean this is not okay Trump won you know finally we can kick back and talk about in the Middle East and you know let him do his thing. no, we're gonna be engaged we're gonna be paying attention we're gonna see what kind of executive orders come out. We're going to see what kind of policy decisions he makes, economic and otherwise. We need to know what's going on in the Middle East, his plan to get ISIS uh, eliminated from the Middle East. And he has a lot of work to do, and I hope he does it. I hope he he is a man of his word and he gets on these things. Because if he doesn't, he's going to be like every other president in history that I've uh, been around to see. Who has just said yeah. what he needs to to get in, and then
1: he or, serves the corporate or, you know, or, masters, or will he be, or will he be like a, um, a Kennedy? I mean, or if he tries to change things, could well, you he know, end, end up like Kennedy? One thing we haven't mentioned
2: yet is the both the Senate and the Congress are going to remain a Republican majority,
1: fifty one to the two independents, fifty one uh, GOP on the Senate side. Right, so he will have.
2: An ability that Obama had in his first term as president in 09 uh, mm-hmm. Obama had the Democratic House and Senate this is how he got Obamacare through and Trump's going to have the same advantage and he should use that to the, his advantage another question audit the Fed will we see Trump audit the Fed he Trump thankfully since he was such a, an outcast from the the Republican Party during this election um, went on a number of alternative media shows. Alex Jones, for one, he's talked to some people who are more awake and aware than uh, you know than most presidential
1: candidates would. would you know. uh, uh, if I can stop you right there, and because Eric Eric mentioned this when he Eric's mic'd up, this is good. Well, we, uh, we got uh, okay. 40 seconds before the break. So okay. Well, we'll we, it when we there. come back, okay. When we come back, I, there's a couple of things that Eric said, Eric the tech. You, you can follow him on Twitter at real tech Eric, but he said a few things that Joe, um, it got me thinking and folks, you're going to want to hear this because you're a part of this as well. You're listening to the Hagman and Hagman report on this post election show. Going to be right back with uh, with Eric the Tech again. You can follow him on Twitter. He's got some gems on Twitter at Real Tech Eric. So glad you're joining us, folks. Thank you so much for your belief and trust in us. Hang with us. We're going to be right back. <laughs> we're going to bring Eric the tech right in right now. Obviously, Donald Trump won the elector uh won the presidency. He is now the um president elect. And when he came into the studio today, we were talking and we, we were all talking and I'm I'm going to do my best to attempt to uh, recreate the conversation. But folks, I would ask for your um input as well, and in your mental uh, massaging of, of this. When he came in and we were talking about what happened, my question is, does this mean that we got it all wrong? In other words, it, it, is it possible that the system is not rigged? Is it possible that that, um... You, you know what I mean? Is it possible that... I'll this- say no, the
2: system is still rigged. Okay. And one of the things Eric and I were looking at or he had up on a screen that I caught a glance at was, um, the popular vote. Yes. And I'm pulling up the website here to see if I can get the totals, but it just well, basically a brief explanation of this is, um, Hillary Clinton won 47.7% of the popular vote. Donald Trump won 47.5% of the popular vote. It was somewhere along the lines of 59 million, I believe, each with a difference of 200,000
1: going to Hillary Clinton. That's not Clinton. the final because of the, um, the absentee. Right. There's many votes not counted, but yes. But I say yes, there is voter fraud, rampant oh, voter yes.
2: fraud, because I I wonder if even 25
1: million people voted for Hillary Clinton. Okay, okay, well, hold that thought. Now, Eric, when when we were talking, okay, Joe, um, and, and this makes a lot of sense to me because... Uh, how did Trump pull this victory? Especially fighting the press, fighting his own party, fighting the, the, the Clinton, uh, criminal machine. And then Eric said, drudge. Alex Jones. Remember that? No, Eric's mic'd up. Eric the tech. I
2: faintly remember this.
1: Yes. You have to understand. We're, we're like, you know, running on fumes here. And, and then I said, I'd like to think that we, the Hagman, and the Hagman report had something to do with that as well, a little bit. the The point is this, uh, Eric um, and Joe. But, but the the point is, we, I, I believe that we were part the Hagman report, collectively and individually, including our listeners, absolutely, including our listeners. and especially our listeners. Uh, we put on a full court press. I mean, I was on with Alex Jones uh, the last week twice. And I'm not trying to, you know, say, oh, I'm just pointing out data points here. But Alex Jones, I mean, pedal to the metal, full disclosure, right? Um And then, Eric, you said, well, you know, Jones arranged as well, and to a lesser extent, us in the background. Uh He had people patrolling the polls, right, Eric? I mean, um so we didn't get it wrong. There were still there was still fraud there was still a big fight but we put up a formidable offense
2: the silent majority as they call it quiet america who goes to work every day family people
1: uh um, okay but well, well, stop stop well eric what how much of a factor do you think not just the alternative media The new media. How much of a factor do you think we played? When I say we, I'm talking about we, meaning the people in the in the alternative media. Yeah. Well, Jones. See, I mean, we we align ourselves with Infowars or Infowars, Drudge,
3: Drudge, WikiLeaks,
1: and don't forget all the people, independent
2: journalists who out there who start their own YouTube channel and websites. Yes. Uh to push the narratives of the alternative media, or should I say push the truth um, that is not being reported by the mainstream media. And there's an interesting article on Real Clear Politics that asks, who won the election, Trump and his supporters or Obama and the media? Oh
1: my goodness.
2: Meaning, you know, is it was it the media's just overbearing bias that pushed people away from Hillary Clinton? And,
1: and, and this is where Eric came in, too. Uh, and he was saying things so profound, and we were both, uh, just now, right, during the break, saying, oh, boy, we should have recorded that conversation. But, Eric, I mean, from your vantage point, watching what we did, and again, we, I mean, our listeners, us, Jones, um, and others who stood up, and, and, re- because the evangelical, uh, component was significant, right?
2: Yeah, that's what I heard. It had to be. I mean, the African-American component, the Latino component, the evangelical component, the, I'd say a lot of, the, you know, most of the independents, some Democrats were uh voting for Trump, I'd imagine, as well as, um, you know, the people who vote Republican that are not the never-Trump people, but you have a lot of people that vote just along party lines.
1: Okay. Uh Yeah, y- you're correct. Now, Eric and... Joe, you both know that, I mean, i, I had conversations with Alex Jones off air, and he said, man, we are pushing a hundred and, I mean, a hundred and ten percent, uh, to, to make sure, to expose the fraud, to expose all of the criminality, to expose the lawlessness. And we were on top of the wiki, uh, wiki leaks, the, the satanic stuff. Um, and, and that's where you, you know, Eric, you said, look, that's, that was a factor. Yeah. Um,
2: the combination of that. And, um, what else was I going to say? I'm trying
3: to think back.
1: I know it was like two hours ago, so it's rough.
2: <laughs> um, I want to give a shout out to all those listening live on YouTube. Um, we are audio only tonight because, because we're in our jammers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, not really. We all look like we just woke up from a sleepover we had here. Actually, we, to be. To be, uh, truthful, we, we had a, uh, we brought in some props for last night, including a, a white, a huge whiteboard for my office and some other things. We just didn't have the energy to move it out of the studio. Um, we moved some cameras around and just didn't have time to get it. So anyway, but, but no, Eric, um, and Joe, I would like to think that our show, our listeners telling others, posting on Facebook, forwarding articles, forwarding information, the listeners of Alex Jones pressing hard with shirts, Hillary for prison, 2016. That combination, that wall of, I don't know.
2: Even Jones paying people to go to the Clinton rallies and, and do the, the Bill Clinton's uh, rapist protesting. But he, I don't
1: think he ever paid it. Oh, yeah.
2: He offered cash rewards for anybody who... uh Oh, did he? Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. I mean, the conversations we had were not directly about that, but... okay, It was effective.
3: I mean, I think we just... We all beat the system. We really did.
2: Or they really want us to believe. (laughs) Well, okay. (laughs) or that. Yeah. Well... No, that's a really good point.
1: Then, Eric, what do we do next? Because... And this was another gem that you had. uh, and, And Joe, too. I mean... We have to keep the pressure on. So, where do we go next? I mean, we do, we do, we we must unite with everyone in the, well, every willing participant in the alternative media that, that you know, it's credible, right? I mean, but what do we do we, at this point? What's our game plan?
2: I would say our game plan, you know, from here on out, we have. Um, Obama still in office until the 20th of January, which leaves us two months and a week or so, at least, um, to watch out for, you know, any kind of pardons he issues, executive orders he might want to issue on his way out. He is still the president and he has the ability to continue to change things, uh, that advance his and the globalist agenda we have to continue to pay close attention to the economy to the stock market to uh you know a lot of people and i've, I've seen uh articles and dave x from the x22 report talked about this on our show a few weeks ago he, he gave a great summary as to how, how the globalists work and how they, you know, uh, provoke people into retaliation, how they uh, do things for the sole purpose. I mean, they have an agenda and they're, you know, 10 moves ahead and they will, you know, throw things out there to see where they land, how the, how effective they are. And they're going... If Trump is not... If we weren't just, you know, psyoped, if Trump is the real threat, the real threat to the establishment they say he is, then they're going to do everything they can to undermine him. And they're going to do so through the economy, as Dave from X-22 Report said. He believed that they would hold... You know, kind of like when Obama got into office, we had the
1: big crash and uh, that's when the tarp bailout happened. But that that originated with Bush and company. And even Clinton, to be honest.
2: And Obama didn't catch the blame for that because, just for that reason, but I believe if that were to happen... Uh, same circumstances uh, with a Trump presidency, the media would be the ones who would put Trump through, you know, rake him through the fire. Now, it'll be really interesting to see how the media reacts and treats Donald Trump. I mean, all the stories they ran, the, the false stories they ran about the, the Trump and these women accusers, many of whom have been proven wrong, um, even some paying for stories one hundred fifty thousand dollars a sto- paying one hundred fifty thousand dollars to one woman to come forward about
1: uh, and a they, Trump they were bogus
2: that they never even ran uh that came out so I mean, a lot of them were bogus
1: yeah uh, okay but uh, I, I don't again I am sorry for interrupting but but Eric because I know I know Eric's time is limited he's got some things to do with uh, technical stuff but I, I guess my question to Eric is when you came in and when you watched as you watched this all of this unfold over the last couple of weeks and you watched what we were doing and you watched what Alex Jones was doing and we watched what um, the the, the people present um, and I'm not talking about the syndicated I'm not not talking about Hannity or, or Herman Cain or Mark Levin I'm talking about the people like us or like Alex Jones did we fulfill our duties? Did we make a difference? I guess that's the question I have for you, Eric.
2: I definitely think we did.
1: Okay, and, and I'm not asking that for for accolades. I'm asking that because we need to keep doing whatever we did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
2: At, at the same time, though, it wasn't... Um, this was a, a countrywide effort. There are... Yes, yesterday there was a statistic, and I posted this on the website today about the number of of federal jobs versus that of the manufacturing sector. I saw sector. that. Yes, and it, it's just unbelievable to see how the government has you know rid the country of its its core, and <clears throat> that being the manufacturing sector, and now we have you know this overabundance of uh, federal workers. Now there was a guest on uh the other day who talked about how Trump is a big government guy and he thinks the government's gonna continue to expand under Trump. And and that very well could Whoa, be for yeah. to a degree, but um one I thing I he understands is the, the trade deals. Will we see trade deals go through under Trump? Okay, it, we it better uh, not.
1: No the, the, well wait, 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 wait a second. You talking about trade deals and Eric uh this you mentioned this as well, uh where Obama is going to try to push the yeah. TPP through before he leaves office. Yep, and, and uh, about a week ago,
2: maybe 10 days ago, the there was an article uh, on Hagman Report, you can find it, that the Congress is saying that both the Congress and Senate have enough bo- votes to pass the TPP. So will they try to legislate that in before Obama's tenure is officially up? And then That's if right. so, can Trump <clears> undo it? Can Trump undo Obamacare? Um, how effective a leader will Trump be is based on a number of things. One, he does have the the help with the Republican uh, Congress and Senate. Now, don't forget though, a lot of the congressmen and senators were part of the Never
1: Trump, were part See, of the Hillary uh, uh, Clinton uh, supporters, and again, that that that's that part of that wall that was. Um, That was against Trump, and he was fighting that as well as the Democratic National Socialists and the Mm -hmm. press and everything. I mean, John Uh, McCain uh, and Lindsey
2: Graham come out and say, you know, Trump was a disaster, basically, (laughs) an extremist. Um,
1: No. uh,
2: It's not going to be – I mean, like you said yesterday, and we've heard so much, just because Trump won does not mean we can sit back and say, oh, thank goodness – all right, we're we're safe. And, no, that's and, and very true. It was okay to do that last night for yeah. for about ten minutes. Yeah, for about ten minutes. Yeah, but, and then but, you got to no. realize that uh, if you just look as history as the indicator over the last twenty years with presidents, it has been a uh, struggle between the people of this nation, the citizens, and the power structure. And the administration has gone along with the power structure, or the power structure is, has force the administration's hand either through bribery with money or uh other you know threats
1: whatever it is um, okay no no hold that thought because i just want to make this clear if people are kind of confused over this conversation uh we i personally am not doubting our effectiveness because i do think that that we played a role in this when i say we again i'm i'm, I'm talking about us alex jones uh, and numerous others, uh, uh, Ted Brower uh, Pastor Paul Begley, um, everyone who took a stand and has a platform that has gone after this. Now, Joe, all those things you mentioned, yes, um, but, but I, I just kind of go to back, go back a little bit. I just want to hone, I'm going to hone things, you know, uh, refine things because I know this worked. I know, I know that I know. Eric knows that I mean we all know that the role we had and when I say we I'm including our listeners every single person that's listening right now you had you played you played your positions well I believe that but we now see the reason I'm asking this is because not only can't we let up but where can we refine or how can we refine what we've done and go after the other I mean Continue, I guess, is what I'm saying. We, you listed, you ticked off the of things that the list of things that we need to to go after. Um, yeah, so I
2: think there, you know, and I'll have to make a list, but the top five things that Trump needs to do: he needs to to fix or get rid of Obamacare. Um, you know, he needs to clarify these trade treaties and make sure that they. I mean, I don't know what he can do with NAFTA, but if we take him at his word, he is going to. um uh, incentivize bringing companies back to america yes um you know these are two huge things he was he's a billionaire businessman he knows how to run a business and you know at the same time obama was a constitutional scholar and the only thing that did for him was uh show him how to get around the constitution but we'll see if he puts trump puts his uh Skills into practice, but, but he, see, he, he's
1: like he can't do it alone. You yeah, know, he well, can't I mean. do it alone.
2: But I can't imagine him getting too much. I mean, regardless of how, if his plans uh, are contrary to the globalist agenda, and, and you know, another thing Dave from X Twenty Two Report talked about is the patience of the globalist. You know, they might just look at this as a time to stop, regroup, and uh, mm. you know, get ready for the next chance they have uh, in order to not waste it. Um, a few other questions is, one, will Trump go after Hillary like you said, with a special
1: prosecutor? And, and, or, and or, uh, if, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to ask you to, again, during the meeting that we had earlier, uh, it came up where it appears that from jo- Josh Earnest that Obama is open to granting Hillary a pardon before he leaves office. Did you did you see that?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, they were talking about Obama pardoning Hillary the day after the announcement was made about the email being investigated again. And I also heard that Obama was set to fire jo- uh, James Comey. He said they let him go in the next uh, week or so. So yeah. we'll see what comes of that. I, I hope well, when Trump takes office after the inauguration that he does clean house. And, you know, I like Rudy Giuliani. Um, he seems to be a, a good guy. You know, he was around on nine eleven. I think. Um,
1: and, and his, uh, Joe, you know that last week when we came out and we were, uh, we were dealing with Alex Jones and InfoWars, and you know that Rudy Giuliani was one of the, and I, I don't think I'm talking out of school here, but he had, the uh, some he, he played a role in the NY NYPD component with respect to the um the, the push toward the emails um on the the uh, mm-hmm. Weiner laptop so uh, Gi- Giuliani yeah he he played a big role in this did last week in the Comey thing yeah yeah he did
2: and um Kind of uh, off subject here, but they were on, the, on Hannity show today. They were talking about you know who's Trump going to appoint for this and for this, and Rudy Giuliani was on the names. Newt Gingrich also uh, apparently is looking at a top tier position inside the administration, and, and that
1: troubles me. And, and that's something we're going to talk to Paul McGuire about next hour when he when he comes in about. We know Paul's really done Newt Gingrich. Uh, well, he's got uh, chapters of his book the, based on Newt yeah. Gingrich. Newt
2: Gingrich was the the. The house during Bill Clinton ten, Bill Clinton's tenure, as well as the you know architect and and the person who pushed NAFTA through. The uh. Right right around the Christmas break there or Thanksgiving break I'm not sure which one, and then you know you have um, as you said how effective can Trump be? Um, I'm looking at an article here about George Soros. Uh, and thinkprogress.org trying to start a revolution against Trump
1: and, and this is what that was the whole basis uh, Joe uh, the whole basis for this conversation is because we know it's not over mm-hmm. we know that we we were individually and collectively effective in preventing a uh, continuing takeover of this, or the status quo with with Hillary so what we need to do and and this is why we're addressing this is because each and every one of us each and every one of you listening all of us have our positions that we've got to um not just continue but refine our activities in order to fight the even bigger fight that's against us you know because yeah. we can be we can be tricked so easily right now with thinking that trump okay you know or trump could get be tricked as well or you know.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Gamed. And we only have a few minutes left before the break. Paul McGuire is going to be joining us in hour number two, Pastor Langford in hour number three. And this is one thing I want to just talk about while we have the time. Um, You know, we've been doing this show for a a number of years, uh, since 2011. You you couldn't tell by our uh, delivery, could you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, we went through an election cycle, but none that, has been, I mean, this was the most intense election that we've seen. There was so much information because you had the WikiLeaks and email component to to that and all the tentacles that came of investigation that came from the release and continued release of the Podesta emails. You had you know, the NYPD stuff, the Anthony Weiner, Huma Abedin, the controversies And that's that are, not over. We have had so much to talk about that we could not I mean if we did a 6-hour show every day for the last 2 weeks we could have easily done that we had yes. we had the content now now that the election is over and if let's just say hypothetically Hillary Clinton won the election we would know we knew or I think I'm sure all of us thought of this in our mind how much work how much more work we were going to have to start doing once that uh, announcement came that she and we were ready the presidency. for it now and I wonder if this is wrong of us to think this way. But when, you know, Trump gets in, he got in, and it was a sigh of relief. And then today getting to the studio, it's like, okay, uh, now it's just what are we going to be talking about for well, the next four well, well, years? Well, but it's only along the line. Yes, road. yes. Uh, is it going to be good news? Um, is it going to be? Are we going to be talking about good things? Or are we going to see, um, you know, just like Obama, he gets into office offering all these promises, and then his policies and, and things come out, and he starts to implement these different things, and, you know, it's constant.
1: But uh, he was a clear Trojan horse, though. Yeah, you have to admit that.
2: He was. But, I mean, obviously, there's going to be a lot to talk about each and every day. There's still a lot going on across the world The. the uh, I wonder how the tensions between the U.S. and Russia will be with the Trump presidency. I think Trump will will negotiate.
1: And, well, hey, the, the the press says that uh, you know uh, Russia is helping Trump, so it, no worries, did you right?
2: Trump, did you see Putin and and also Netanyahu's? Yes. Uh, congratulations, uh, yes. messages to Trump. Yep. You know, uh, we could, as you know, Steve said, as Pastor Langford said, and I'm sure he'll say and talk about as he comes on in the third hour, is. You know, this wasn't just done through the voting booth. This was done by the prayers of the people through, this was done by God through the prayers of the people. Yes. Uh, he was allowing and every us one of you listening. another chance. The people pleaded and, and prayed, um, and asked God to give them a break. I mean, the amount of corruption from what we learned from the Hillary Clinton Podesta email scandal was so dark, was so,
1: and we're still, we're not done yet. You, 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 you have no idea
2: her being in that position of power, with that level of evil, almost beyond demonic possession evil.
1: What we've what we have, and have not yet released in terms of our analysis, investigative analysis about this. And Joe just sent me a document that uh, that he had. Um, but it is horrendous, and it is not going to go away. And, and folks, don't don't believe for a moment that the corruption or the Clintons will go away. And that's the question:
2: Will Trump purge these agencies from the IRS and their, you know, jacronian draconian policies on you know, Tea Party targeting and right wing targeting uh, to the DOJ, the FBI? Will we see a purge of these corrupt people? Speaking of... of, well, go ahead. You know, we could be looking at an administration where Trump's trying to do the right thing but is being undermined by those all around him, not just, you know, in the White House, but outside the White House in every department.
1: And 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 I'll just say this, and I'm going to leave this hanging. We have and are paying one hell of a big price from what we've done. Uh, Just trust me when I say that, folks... You're listening to the Hangman Hang report. On the other side, Paul McGuire. sufficient enough i don't believe i'm going to thank each and every one of you listening to this broadcast each and every one of you who have helped us um over the days months weeks years whatever being part of our show being part of our extended family thank you that's all i can say at this point and even that is insufficient but you know together we 're all in this together. you have done so much to play your positions each and every one of you and to really make a difference and if you I know you can see that you 're making a difference, but let me ask you, are you tired? Are you longing for perhaps a uh, a good night 's sleep? We have an answer for you casper dot com slash cfp radio you know the what you sleep on the mattress you sleep on makes all the difference in the world at least it does for me and i 've got a, just a slew it back uh, problems and spinal problems and uh, just just you know aside from getting old well casper.com slash CFp radio has given me relief Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. The mattress industry has forced us into paying notoriously high markups. Well, Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing the savings directly onto you. If you've never seen a Casper mattress, it's just, it's gorgeous. I mean, and it, it's, it's great. It's a, it provides a resilience, long lasting supportive comfort. It's a mattress. Casper's mattress is one of a kind. It's a hybrid mattress that combines premium latex foam with memory foam and you know the cost, I was always worried about buying a new mattress because of the cost but because mattresses can cost well over $1,500 but Casper mattresses cost between 500 for a twin size mattress and for a queen size, or for a king size, $950 it's hey, a fraction of the price and buying a Casper mattress is so easy and it's completely risk free they offer free delivery and free returns. Or I'm sorry. They offer free delivery and returns within a hundred-day period. It's really simple. Now, what we have here is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. It's got just the right sink, the right bounce, combining two technologies again: latex foam and memory foam. It just it, the combination is incredible, folks. You have a risk-free trial and return policy. You try sleeping on a Casper mattress for a hundred days with free delivery and painless returns. They are, folks, made in America. And again, the prices, 500 for a twin, 950 for a king and everything in between, you cannot beat those prices. I compare that to the industry averages. That's an, uh, just an incredible price point. But folks, got something even special, even more special for you casper.com slash cfpradio go to casper.com slash cfpradio there get $50 toward any mattress purchase that's right to our audience members and oh this is so such a great mattress $50 toward any mattress purchases by visiting casper.com slash cfpradio and using cfpradio in the promo code now the current terms and conditions apply. One more time though, for $50 toward your purchase, toward the purchase of, of your new mattress, casper.com slash CFP radio. Use CFP radio as the promo code. Just, I, I can't wait to hit mine tonight. Joe, we have uh, Paul McGuire coming on and yes, Paul did. McGuire is a man that we've talked about this election. we ta- let's bring him on and let's, let's see what he's got to say.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Paul McGuire, a frequent guest of the show, he has—he's uh, an author of many books. His latest, "The Prophecy of the Future of America," 2016-2017, which both my dad and I have right here on our studio desks. Uh, one of the, <clears throat> one of the, the the better books out there. He had a prophecy of the future of America, which was fantastic. And this one, uh, I, I suggest, if you don't have the first one, to get both get involved, of both, yeah, because they together, uh, paint a complete picture of where we are at in all issues from spiritual issues to domestic issues, to economic issues, to global issues, to, you know, foreign policy and war issues. And it is fantastic. Paul also hosts a radio show right here on blog talk radio, uh, each and every day to, from four to 6 PM. And you can go to his website, Paulmaguire.us, and get the links to his, uh, radio show as well as order his books. Paul, it's great to have you on this day after this uh, historic election.
3: Yes, gentlemen, uh, Doug and Joe, it's great to be on your program. And I'm still recovering uh, from the shock, uh, the joyous shock of uh, watching, I believe, the most historic election in the history of the United States. And uh, uh, this is a. Victory, uh, not only for those who believe in America and the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and religious liberties, and it's a strike against the, uh, evil globalist forces that have been attempting to control our nation for so long. Uh, so my heart is filled with uh, absolute joy. And, uh, all last night, um, I was watching the election. And I'm laughing because I'm, I'm recalling an argument, a polite argument I was having with my wife. <laughs> uh, uh, she kept uh, telling me to pray because she she knows that I pray and prayers get answered. So so I'll, I'll tell that in a second. But I, I, I told her every, I have to go to this channel, go to this channel. I said because. I already know where this election is going by the look on the journalists' faces, and they look like the wind was knocked out of them. They look afraid and scared, and quite frankly, I was rejoicing. I was rejoicing. I was screaming with joy because I knew that the defeat of evil was coming quickly. And I do mean pure evil, and not just evil in one party, but evil in the Republican elite. So like you, I am absolutely overwhelmed. I believe this election is the most important election in American history. I believe this is the most important turning point for America since its founding in 1776, and I believe that what we just watched happen last night was nothing less than a miracle from God, and that in terms of historical significance, what happened last night with the election is far more important than the fall of the Berlin Wall, far more important than so many events that they give historical significance to, what we saw last night is a is an historic turning point. It's an act of God's grace on our nation, and uh, myself and and your audience and you guys, we've been praying for uh, a biblical third great awakening. Well, a third great awakening comes in a multiplicity of forms, including economic and political. So what we saw last night is part and parcel of a third great awakening. It just happens to be in the political realm, but it is part of a third great awakening. So uh, I am truly intoxicated, not uh, not by drinking too much sauce, but just overjoyed by what happened.
2: I think the feeling is uh, mutual. We all... Here uh, we did a six-hour broadcast yesterday, Paul, from 6 p.m. till midnight. And by the end of the broadcast, um, it looked as though Trump was going to win. Nothing was called at that time. <clears throat> but what you said about the reporters—the look on the reporters' faces after it was finally announced that he had won the election and Clinton, you know, called and conceded the election. You're right. I mean, those. They, it's almost like they did not know what to say. They were astonished. They asked the question, you know, uh, how did the media get it so wrong? Clinton was winning in the polls this whole time. Um, you know, all the, they they went through this laundry list of of why Trump shouldn't have won, uh, and then <laughs> almost gritting their teeth, having to say Trump, yeah. you know, President-elect Trump. And, you know, George Stephanopoulos' wife put out a a tweet, I think it was, two days ago, the day before the election, saying her and Georgie were going to move out of the country if Trump wins the election. There's also an article about a list of celebrities who said they'd do the same. But do you think that look on their face was of sheer surprise, that just because he won, or do you think that it was because they thought, how could he win when we, the press, did everything we could, told every lie we could, to make him look as bad as possible, yet the public—do you think they realize that they have their effect on the public has dwindled away?
3: Oh yeah, without without question, uh, this is the death blow to the media. Already, they're in the—they're uniformly uh, trying to get on the good side of Trump supporters by by begrudgingly trying to be fair because they lost—they've lost, they've lost all their. They've lost a significant... All the mainstream media has, lo, has lost a significant major percentage of its audience. In addition to that, they've lost their credibility. I mean, they, they, they have gone bankrupt in terms of their major stock, which is credibility from the American people. They have no credibility. The media has prostituted themselves, and I'm being extremely kind. I'm being very gracious, and I'm being very generous. I have never in my entire life... Seen 24 7, a total onslaught of lies, distortion, propaganda, censorship, bias, hatred, directed to take down Trump at all costs and prop up and hide the lies and crimes of the opposing uh, candidate. I have never seen such egregious and dishonest behavior on the part of the media, and I've been watching the media for a long time. In addition to that, Um, it's, it's over for the Republican elite. Yeah, they made, some of them made their apologies today. Well, it's too late. They revealed themselves for what they were. The only reason they're apologizing is because Trump now holds the key to power and they're trying to get on his good side. They're globalists. They haven't, these people are owned and controlled by the globalists. So we saw so much stuff exposed during this election. Um, but one thing I, I want to say, going back to the, watching the news, uh, you, you mentioned it. Fox News in particular, which pretends to be conservative. And I will say they have a number of conservative talk shows, uh, uh, um, I mean, uh, TV hosts that have integrity. They have a number of um, I don't know what the percentage is, but they also have a huge number of totally biased. Liberal uh, uh, journalists that were in the attack mode against Trump even to the final minutes when the election was fin- finally called they wouldn't give it up on Fox so w- Fox as you both mentioned with uh, w- their poll was so uh, uh, fake so fraudulent that it continually showed Hillary Clinton ahead by four percentage points and Trump behind by four percentage points. And then we had Drudge report on our uh, laptop, and he had totally different numbers. He was using, uh, Drudge was using accurate polls, like uh, what is it, uh, IBN or or IBDN, whatever it is? Yeah, IBD, yeah. IBD, the, the most accurate polling, and the LA Times, ironically, also had accurate polling. And Fox sat on the truth, which was that Trump was ahead by four points. In in, in, everywhere, and Fox kept holding it, and they were doing it on purpose because they had a strategy uh, regarding that. And so throughout the night, which was like eight hours or longer, my wife kept telling me to pray, to pray, which I do, by the way. When I'm watching television, uh, especially if it's something very important, I just don't watch passively. I will pray maybe silently for a couple of minutes, it doesn't have to be a big deal, but I'll pray over whatever the critical issue is. So I was standing up, for example, uh, when uh, Trump was giving his uh, some of his speeches when he was flying all across the country, and I was praying for him and looking in his eyes in, in live as he was talking, I was praying for him. And then during the election night, when it appeared that Trump was getting bogged down, and my great concern was uh, how the computers would rig the system, and I told my wife that there's a high probability that they miscalculated his numbers, so they rigged the computers to win, um, but um, because he so outperformed what they expected, the, the, the rigging was miscalculated, and that's why We didn't get returns, for example, in in Pennsylvania for the longest, longest time. So my wife would keep ordering me in love to stand up and pray. And I went through state after state, hour after hour, praying out loud. I was passionate about this, uh, praying out loud and praying that the powers of darkness would be bound off these states and that the true numbers would come through. And then... Within minutes, most of the time, within minutes or 30 minutes after I was praying, the numbers would flip in Trump's favor. Now, I don't believe I'm the only one praying. I believe there were a lot of people praying. But Pennsylvania was a real stronghold, and I was praying for hours. And then finally, the victory that was his was was released. But last night was a spiritual battle just as much as it was a political battle and a financial battle
2: absolutely it was uh i think if people could see in, in with their eyes the intensity of that spiritual battle they would shock them and I, I agree with your assessment of the uh, there was i don't believe that many people voted for hillary clinton <clears throat> you know whatever was go ahead go ahead uh, I, I
0: don't
2: even believe half of the people voted for clinton that they they said did uh, she had no support at her rallies. She had no, uh, you know, her rallies live stream on YouTube. No, nobody was watching him. Trump, on the other hand, is filling up arenas, filling up stadiums. You know, you got twenty, thirty thousand people viewing his live streams as he's giving speeches. He had the, I mean, he had the overwhelming support. And we were talking before the show here in Pennsylvania. Um, I, I don't know how many counties were Democrat. It was very few. It's just right. the, every, the whole pencil. The whole state of Pennsylvania was red. Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, all the way up to where we are, up in northern Pennsylvania, our county. My dad even said,
3: you know, what? "I've never
1: seen that." I mean, I I don't remember the last time that happened.
2: Yeah, and I think you know, so many people were praying uh, for this and praying that the Lord allows and it, and intervenes if necessary to stop right. any type of voter fraud. And I do believe prayers were answered. Now the question is, um, we were praying, you know, obviously against the evil, uh, that is Hillary Clinton. We know she is evil through and through out of all the emails that came out, all the occult stuff, all the bribery pay to play scandals, but there was nothing in there that they, where they talked about policy about how to make things better from Obamacare right. to helping the American people. It was all about her and, and the power that she wanted to wield. And right. I believe that. I, very much so. That God is allowing us. He He, he gave He gave us what we wanted. Now yes. I think He's putting the ball in our court, not in Trump's court.
0: Absolutely. In our
2: court to continue to keep our foot on the gas and yes. to make sure that we don't stop the intensity of exposing That's this evil, regardless of where it comes from, even if it comes out of the White House after Trump's inaugurated.
3: Right. You are. You are at, You are one hundred percent. Uh, right. I totally agree with you. And if we could see, if our eyes were uh, uh, able to see what was happening last night across the United States, we would have seen uh, tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of angels fighting uh, millions and millions of demons in all-out warfare in the various states and in the political and economic centers. There was an all-out spiritual war going on that was manifesting itself in the physical realm over this election. And you're right about those numbers. I kept commenting to my wife over and over again. I said, these numbers are too cute. Hillary's numbers against Trump's numbers are just too cute. They're contrived because they were all, so many of them were were like a, a percentage point away from his. You know, it just, it was too cute. It was too contrived. It was too tidy. It looked like it was manipulated. But because like you said, so many people were praying, uh, there, there was, uh, breakthrough. And then when you made the comment, and this is very, very important, as I've discussed on your program and many of your other guests have, um, the, the, the reality of supernatural power being released either by God's people through prayer and calling on God, or the reality of uh, satanic power being released through satanic rituals and ceremonies and human sacrifice and animal sacrifice, etc. The release of supernatural power, either from Satan or from God, is very, very real. And that was injected in the great spiritual war over our nation last night. And I know both of you know this, and, and uh, Doug has written uh, a number of excellent articles on this very topic, the the cult, the satanic cults. Doug has written some very important articles that I've seen uh, posted all over the Internet on this particular topic. And, Doug, you even put this theme in your novel, uh, and I don't want to give away the contents of your novel, but you give a very graphic scene that deals with this so, um, there was the release of, of, Luciferian and satanic power, uh, that we've been discussing that you wrote about in your novel. I've been writing about, uh, in my books, you know, uh, Prophecy of the Future of America talks about this Aleister Crowley sex magic ritual stuff and in in, in, in quite a bit of detail. And that book was published in 2013. And then in the book uh, Mass Awakening, which Doug was kind enough to, to write the foreword for, um, I talk about we'll either have a satanic great awakening or a godly great awakening.
1: And you then, nailed it, actually. Yes, in and, Mass Awakening, and, and folks, if you if you don't if you haven't read Mass Awakening, it's well worth the read. You nailed it yes, in right. that. Well, you nailed it in both uh, uh, both versions of well. Uh, Prophecy of the Future of America, as well as Mass Awakening, but uh, you really called it in that um, on the on the side of good. So.
3: And, and, many, and oh, go ahead. Uh, so, uh, then, I know both of you uh, understand what I'm talking about, as well as many of your uh, listeners, but, you know, my my book, Standing Down Goliath, has a double meaning, obviously, and last night we saw Goliath Goliath had to stand down, because the the supernatural body of Christ, using their supernatural authority in Christ, commanded Goliath, uh, which represents a demonic uh, principality and power, to stand down. So last night, we saw Goliath stand down, thus the name of the book, uh, Standing Down Goliath, and the the new book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, 2016-2017, I again the Lord kept leading me to go into this Alistair Crowley, uh, the satanic cults, uh, and how they interlock with the globalist elite. Now, that wasn't because I was brilliant. That was the Spirit of the Lord guiding me. And you've done research on this, Doug. And the reality is, when you look at those WikiLeaks uh, emails, especially the ones uh, with Podesta, you see that Podesta, and, and I had no way of knowing uh, you know, X amount of years ago when I was writing these books, or recently, that this was going to materialize and be front and center, uh, nationally. Podesta is involved in this spirit cooking occult ceremony developed by the great Satanist Aleister Crowley, where they paint, as you know, Doug, you, you wrote about it in your articles and exposed it um uh, satanic paintings which are actual rituals they paint paintings with menstrual blood human blood urine semen and other kinds of things it's an actual satanic ritual that uh according to wikileaks pe- the podestas are involved in if you look deeper you see allegations uh, uh and you probably have dug even more up to date information I have it in the book but you probably have the, the latest information of uh, Hillary being involved in, in in satanic rituals, yes, and and then uh, uh, Bill Clinton, according to his own words, it comes out that he was involved along with Hillary in voodoo rituals in Haiti or satanic rituals where there's the spilling of blood and God knows what else, and he's talking about the, the euphoria of demonic possession. And then, as you full well know, Doug, because you talk about it in your novel, um, there is a correlation, historically, between satanic rituals, human sacrifice, child sacrifice, and pedophilia. They go hand in hand. And so these WikiLeaks emails uh, seem to be pointing in that direction, and uh, um, the NYPD which I think you wrote about in your article, has held on to, to the facts, and th- there could be the reality that at the very highest levels of U.S. government, but, but this has been going on since 1776, we have people openly practicing satanic rituals. I talk about this in my books in detail. Now, why did the Holy Spirit have me talk about this in detail? When I, when I began talking about the globalist elite and satanic rituals like in The Prophecy of the Future of America, people thought I was flat-out nuts. They thought, though, McGuire is, you know, know, in the Twilight Zone somewhere. But no, I'm not in the Twilight Zone. We were right. Doug, your research was right. And the others uh, that have come on your program to say the same thing were right. So, last night we saw a physical manifestation, but just the tip of the iceberg of this monumental spiritual warfare that we're involved in for America, which is ongoing, and as both of you said just before I came on the program, now is not the time to fall asleep. We, God, has given us a supernatural victory. God raised up Donald Trump, and 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 just like the Pharisees could not recognize Christ when He came, because they were too busy straining out a nap and swallowing a camel, many evangelical Christians. Uh, didn't have an ounce of spiritual discernment. They, they could not recognize the reality that the hand of God, despite his human imperfections, the hand of God was all over Donald Trump. He's an answer to prayer because he has the one thing that it takes to make major changes. And, and we need to celebrate this. This is an historical uh, victory. Uh, the protection of our religious liberties is now in play again. Uh, the, the the turnaround in the income of the working class and the middle class is now doable because of this election
2: yeah it's protect- taxes uh, yes. you know the, the look at, at taxes for the middle class uh, the burden being taken off uh, yes. the talk about abortion and Paul we're coming up against the break yeah. uh, right now so we're okay. going to take that break folks you're listening to Paul McGuire his website Paulmaguire.us bookmark that site check out his daily radio show uh, on blog talk radio it is live 4 to 6 p.m. you can get that through soundcloud podcast or many other venues it's right there on his website Paulmaguire.us. he's with us for the next segment stay with us we'll be right back
1: To this segment of the Hagman and the Hagman Report. Our very special guest, Paul McGuire, Us, prolific author, great, j- just a great guy. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, check out his latest articles, uh, article on his website. Very, <laughs> very interesting in the context of what we're seeing happening and what we've seen happen over the last, uh, last uh, 48, 72 hours. He, he, Let me ask you, folks, when you you find something you really like, you like to share it with others, don't you? Well, this is exactly what we did, and uh, this is how we got turned on to Omaha Steaks. Struggling to find the perfect gift for someone who has it all, perhaps? You know, we've got the holidays coming up, gift-giving time. They're fast approaching. Well, we've got an answer for you. If you're looking for that perfect gift, let me tell you about Omaha Steaks and how for under $50 you can find the, the family gift pack when you go on omahasteaks.com and enter our code HH in the search bar. So, again, omahasteaks.com. For under $50, you can get my family gift back when you go to omahasteaks.com and enter our code HH in the search bar. It's actually a 77% off of the retail cost just for our listeners. Now, Omaha Steaks is giving, again, an exclusive savings just for each and every one of you. Listen to everything that you're going to get for less than $50. You're going to get two filet mignons, the the Oh, just the the taste, the cut of the meat, it's just fantastic melt in your mouth, two top sirloins two boneless pork chops, four chicken breasts, four kielbasa sausages, four burgers, 12 ounce package of all beef meatballs, oh those are so good four potatoes au gratin four caramel apple tartlets, yeah I just love those too, one Omaha steaks seasoning packet, this is some great stuff Plus, you get four additional Kabasa sausages free just by simply going to omahasteaks.com. Enter our code HH in the search bar. Add the family gift pack to your cart and get a 77% savings. Folks, it's guaranteed. If you're giving this as a gift, it's guaranteed to be a hit. But don't, you know, don't just give it away as a gift. Order it for yourselves and just find out how great this food is omahasteaks.com that's omahasteaks.com enter our code HH in the search bar add the family gift back to your cart and get a 77% off the, the retail price again, order one for yourself order one for that hard to buy person for for the holidays hey, your boss, co-workers, friends, family neighbors, whatever but uh, it's delicious oh, and by the way when you go to their website just spend some time. Look over the 500 gourmet gift ideas, the highest quality cuts and ingredients, the like cuts of meat and ingredients they've got, just own their food, one-of-a-kind, one-of-a-kind of flavor, and all of this very quick and convenient shopping for those on your list. That's OmahaSteaks.com. And don't forget to enter our code, HH, in the search bar. Add the family gift pack to your cart, 77% savings. Guaranteed, folks. It has my personal seal of approval. This segment, this hour,
2: we're talking with Paul McGuire. PaulMaguire.us is his website. He has a radio show right here on uh, Blog Talk Radio, the Paul McGuire Report, four to six p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, folks. If you have, if you if you podcast, subscribe to his podcast and subscribe to his YouTube channel. Also, if you use SoundCloud on your phone, you can not only pick up our show on SoundCloud. Uh, by subscribing to the channel, but also, uh, Paul's, uh, the Paul McGuire report on SoundCloud. That is a great tool to use, very easy to start and stop, rewind, uh, and very convenient. Um, with that, let's get back into the topics of discussion that we're getting into tonight. We all, uh, know, hopefully everybody's heard the news. I can't imagine you haven't. Uh, Donald Trump, president elect, uh, looking to take power after his inauguration, and um seems like good news. It's what we've been fighting for, and also what we've been fighting for, just as important as getting Trump in the White House, is keeping Hillary Clinton out of the White House. Paul, what do you think is in the near future for Hillary Clinton? We know she's had some health problems, and from what some of her aides say in the emails, uh, drinking problems and health problems being more severe than what they have stated to the public, Uh, We know her Clinton Foundation uh, Global Initiative is still under investigation uh, since the last time we talked. But let me get your opinion on this. The Comey announcement on Sunday. After the first email investigation, Comey came out and cleared Clinton of wrongdoing while in his speech clearing her, listed a number of crimes she actually committed, and then ending with that there was no intent, so no charges would be brought, which everybody knows, is bs as um, there have been people like this head of the former head of the cia petraeus who was put on probation for you know mishandling classified information what do we think is in hillary clinton's future um is she going to disappear from the public light forever uh do you believe she's so sick that she's just going to focus on her health or um do you think that we still will see some fight in her um and her staff
3: um, I don't think, uh, Hillary Clinton, personally, I don't think Hillary Clinton is going to disappear. I think there's still a fight in her. She is seriously sick. There's no question about it. So the question is, uh, at what point will her sickness just, uh, you know, keep her bedridden and whatever, because she is seriously compromised because of her illness. Regarding Comey, um, what was it? Six hundred and fifty thousand emails that he claimed to have examined in the in like nine days. Was it six hundred and fifty thousand? Yeah, that comes out to. Um,
1: I, I I believe it's like um, one email every every minute and a half. I thought um, it was. Well, it's six hundred and fifty-six thousand.
3: Yeah, you don't have to be uh, an IT uh, expert or uh, an intelligence agency expert. You have just have to have an IQ above that of a walnut, uh, and you can figure out that it is absolutely impossible to uh, research, categorize, and make a determination regarding 650,000 emails in nine days. Now, I've read the stories from Wired magazine, and the statements from all these so-called IT experts that say it's doable, doable. baloney. There is no way, I don't care if they're, some of them were copies or whatever, there's no way you can process 600, 650,000 emails in an investigative manner in that short period of time. It's completely nonsense. And then for Comey to come out and suggest that he was going to reopen the uh, investigation... Uh, which is what most people interpreted his statements uh, to mean, and then to come out and say that he clears her in in an ambiguous manner, which essentially most people read as a total clearance, a total decree of innocence uh, regarding every investigation. The man is compromised. I mean, the man uh, has no credibility and, and, in my opinion, should, should step down. Now, thank God for these... Uh, FBI agents and members of the intelligence community who are what I would call the good guys that are not putting up with it, thank God for them or, you know, this ship would have sunk. When you think of all the things that have happened in the last year, but especially during this election, that I believe were supernatural, they were God-given, there's no natural explanation for them that enabled... Trump to win the White House, I believe God was looking out for us. Number one, without the WikiLeaks uh, dumps and release of those emails, I don't think Trump could have won. Without the hidden assistance of what I would call the good FBI agents and the good members of the intelligence community that nobody expected, Trump would have lost. Um, we could go down the list of of things that that came out of nowhere to help Trump that Trump didn't expect, but without them he would have lost. So his winning is truly uh, an example of God's divine intervention and His mercy in our in our political process. Because without all these things happening, even the media overplaying their hand and being ridiculously biased against him actually backfired. It gained Trump more sympathy. And I want to give a little uh, word of uh, uh, not encouragement, kind of an exhortation. If anybody's listening out there, and for one moment nobody listening should ever trust the mainstream media again, no matter how they try to win you back, You know, the Jews said never again, and we need to say never again regarding the mainstream media. They lie, they're owned and controlled by the globalist elite, and never again should we trust them. You shouldn't even be watching them. They are pure poison, and they are very dangerous, and they have not for one minute changed their tune or their agenda. Uh, They're softening it up right now because they... They're all suffering incredible audience-share losses because they supported uh, Hillary and attacked Trump. But they are not to be trusted. Have we, have
1: we made them, uh, Paul, have we made them irrelevant by, by? Uh, when I say we, I'm talking about the alternative media or what people refer to as alternative media. Have we made them irrelevant based on our, our, our pressure, our continuous exposure?
3: Yeah, yeah, we have, and but this is the thing, and I think both of you are aware of this. The name of the game is illusion, uh, which, in, in, interestingly enough, uh, is related to sorcery or magic, which goes back to ancient Babylon. They make the media, the major media, or the mainstream media maintains it, pa- its power through the illusion of being uh, credible, important, and powerful. But the reality versus the illusion is is that the majority of people who still know how to think independently, the people in America that are not in a trance state, the people in America who are not zombies, they are um, fleeing to alternative media like the Hagman and Hagman uh, report and other alternative news sources. Matt Drudge, he has the most powerful news website in the world. I don't believe for a minute, despite what the rankings say, because the rankings, as you know, are completely rigged, uh, and social media is completely rigged against conservatives and Christians, and it's rigged in favor of liberals and globalists, etc. So Drudge, despite what the rankings say, I firmly believe that he has a readership that is vastly superior to CNN or one of the other news sites that claim to be number one. I don't believe they're number one for a minute. And I forgot who said it. I don't know if it was you guys or somebody else. But when the story broke on uh, from WikiLeaks about Podesta's involvement in spirit cooking and Aleister Crowley sex magic rituals and the occult and uh, Satanism, When WikiLeaks released that information, we know for a fact that every single major uh, news outlet in the world and in the United States knew about that story because Matt Drudge had it posted in gigantic letters at the very top of his website with a giant picture, and he had it up there for like six or seven hours. So every single media outlet in this nation was watching that story about Satanism and Podesta and Aleister Crowley, et cetera. Et cetera. They all read it. But not one single major news media outlet that, that I have encountered even covered this story, even mentioned it. They acted like it never happened. And that's very conspicuous by its absence. They completely ignored it. Why? This was a huge news story. And I knew it was a huge story uh, when, I, when I first read it, and I was very suspicious because there was no coverage. The closest to coverage I saw was when Fox News, several weeks later, in a poo-poo kind of manner, talked about the nutty stuff coming out in the election, like the Satanism. And, and they called it the nutty stuff. And by calling it the nutty stuff, they marginal uh, marginalized it and said it wasn't worth thinking about. Well, that's baloney. And I knew instinctually that there was a cover-up. And then I discovered, because I, I had done a lot of research in this area, when I was Google, Google searching it and using other search engines, uh, I was surprised at how few stories there were on it. Again, Doug, you wrote some excellent news reports on it and others did too, but what I discovered was that um, despite the fact that you couldn't see the story repeated anywhere, and it was totally ignored by the mainstream media, those key words like Satanism, Podesta, Aleister Crowley, Clinton... Those keywords were the number one search engine search engine entry in the world. It was the number one uh, set of topics that people were looking for in the United States above all other topics. So, with that level of uh, interest, which must be astronomical, it must be hundreds of millions of people typing in Satanism, Podesta, spirit cooking, et cetera, et cetera. With hundreds of millions of people interested in that story why didn't the media cover it? Because they, the media themselves, are part of a globalist elite, and and as I explain with very careful documentation in my books, that the globalist elite, they themselves, I'm not saying everyone, but there's a large percentage of the globalist elite that are indeed Satanists, they practice Luciferian rituals which involve pedophilia, uh, child sacrifice, and Satanism. So, That story uh, disappeared on purpose, and that was the most significant story because it explains uh, what's really happening in the underbelly of America and the world.
1: You got that right. And I watched it in real time, the censorship, by taking You could not search, well, Podesta, uh, outside of the WikiLeaks reference, the oblique... Reference to WikiLeaks. You could the search terms did not return the relevant results, so uh, everything was being massaged and managed and mitigated. You know, which really, I mean, and, and that's why too. Oftentimes, when when we found a story or. Even when I wrote an article, we'd ask people to comment so it would be elevated in the um, in the uh, uh, visibility aspect of the search engines. But even at that, we were just, I mean, we were playing from behind. So, yeah, uh, this had to strike a severe nerve, a, a huge nerve. And, Paul, it's not over yet. It's no. There's more to come. There's so much yeah. more.
3: Yeah, there's so much more. And, you know, in my books like uh, A Prophecy of the Future of America, the First One, and Mass Awakening, and A Prophecy of the Future of America, 2016-2017, I deal with this stuff. I mean, I, I don't mention Podesta's name because it hadn't happened yet, but I deal with this entire uh secret satanic societies that control uh high-level people in our government and other governments extensively. And... Um, there's a lot more, but the people, some of the people at the highest levels in the so-called conservative leadership or Republican leadership, they are also involved in satanic secret societies. And I document this in my books and, and, and people need to, if you're a Christian, you need to embrace that. You know, you need to, you need to use your critical thinking, of course, but you need to embrace that because that is, that's reality that's what the apostle paul was talking about when he said our fight is not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and the dark un- unseen forces of wickedness and heavenly, heavenly heavenly places there's satanism is very active among the elite and, the
1: and paul and, and i just want to mention this too the the um, and what people are not getting is for example the the abortion, the infanticide, including, yes. uh, partial birth abortion, the overlap and the significance to these, uh, globalist Luciferians, it, it, it's tied right into this sacrificial right. Uh, to Lucifer. And people, people, there's a disconnect where people just don't see that. And you're absolutely right. In the emails, the Podesta emails, which are, which are over 65,000, and the 10 million, uh, documents and emails, uh, that have been released by WikiLeaks, it does make reference to this very issue, but it's not getting the play because it's being, um, censored. But go ahead, sir.
3: Yeah, well you made you made a very important point and your listeners need to, to pick up on it. It's being censored and knowledge is power and I know it's a disgusting subject. That's why a lot of people don't want to uh I mean my wife asks me all the time, why do you why do you research this stuff? And I said it's not, I said, I don't like this stuff. I find it repulsive, but I have to know the truth so I can deal with it. That's why I, I write about it in my books. I have a brand new three DVD set that was finished today because I had to wait to the outcome of the election, which talks about a lot of this. It's called America, What's Going to Happen Next. And you can order it at paulmaguire.us. It's called America, What's Going to Happen Next. And it deals with this. And the two, A Prophecy of the Future of America books deal with this. And this is this is huge. It's, it, you know, many people in the church they don't want to know about it. They want to si- they want to sing, sit by the campfire, uh, but there are no campfires except for the riots where they're burning down cities. They want to sit by the campfire and sing "Kumbaya, my Lord," but the reality is we're fighting satanic powers at the highest level. And uh, Doug, you spoke about documentation regarding it, and this is just the tip of the iceberg of what's going on. And people need to, to grab hold of that. We are in the last days. Bible prophecy is being fulfilled, so we shouldn't surprise be surprised that uh, the worship, the open worship of Satanism is occurring in the highest places in our land and other nations, just like it was in Nazi Germany. Nazi Germany, as I explain in my books, was um, an occult dictatorship. The Third Reich was an occult party first, a political party second. Uh, uh, Hitler was a Satanist, the key ruling ranking members of the Third Reich were Satanists, and when they killed over eight million people in the Holocaust, a lot of that was satanic uh, sacrifices offered up to Satan in order for them to get power. People need to really understand that, because you just connected the dots, Doug. The mass abortions of young babies is not just about a woman's so-called right to choose. It's tied in directly to satanic child sacrifice. And I know you know what I'm talking about, but look, unless uh, God's people and, and patriotic Americans really grab hold of what's really going on, we can't win the spiritual battle before us.
2: Very well said, Paul. We got uh, just a, a few minutes left, about three minutes left before the break. Um, if you had to say uh, what what do you expect to see from the Democratic Party um, in the coming days, weeks, and months before and, and while Obama is still in office, um, are they going to regroup and and try to come at this a different way?" Or are we going to um, see Obama possibly do some some take some drastic measures measures through the executive branch? Um,
3: I, I think I think you're correct in that assessment. And I think people need to be on their guard. What we're watching on our television screens today is all, all these riots. Um, supposedly, uh, people are rioting and demonstrating because Trump. Mm-hmm. Won. But I suspect. If it's not Soros, George Soros, directly financing these riots, it's some other super billionaire or, or some other radical activist group with a lot of money. So we would be very naive. I thank God that we have experienced a tremendous victory, but the war is still on. We, we've won a major victory, but the war is still on, and there's going to be tricks, there's going to be counterattacks. There's going to be deviousness, sophistication, and all kinds of psychological games being played, like these phony demonstrations that are going on. So we need to be faithful, we need to be sober, we need to be vigilant and use the God-given perception and intelligence that we've been given. And we need to do like Joshua and Caleb did, not just conquer uh, one or two villages in the Promised Land, we need to take the entire Promised Land city by city, giant by giant, but we have to recognize that these people are globalist elite, financed. They're Luciferians at the highest level. They're not going to lay down. See, Christians have a bad habit if they win a victory and then they fall asleep. These people are not going to fall asleep.
2: No, you're exactly right, and they are going to to try to do whatever they can to undermine this Trump presidency. And whether that's false flag, whether that's an economic, uh, manufactured economic crisis, um, time will tell. Uh, last question, Paul, with about a minute left. The ISIS in the Middle East, do you expect to see uh, an alignment between Trump and Putin uh, to rid Iraq and Syria of ISIS? We know Russia's been working really hard um, trying to, to free M- Mosul and other nations or other um, yeah, other cities uh, in Syria and Iraq uh, do you see some advancing on this ISIS movement by the Trump people or will this thing continue to fester uh, and become you know a real major problem when Trump takes office
3: well uh, as we all know Trump is a patriot and he's a nationalist and he believes in America that makes him the enemy of the globalist elite and it's the globalist elite along with their financial institutions that have been financing directly or indirectly ISIS and uh, they want a, a World War III or a nuclear war with Russia, Syria, so on and so on and Trump doesn't want that. The globalists love war, that's why they finance both sides. If you read my book uh, the day the dollar died, the globalists financed both sides of World War One. They financed both sides of World War Two, and right now, as we speak, the globalist elite are financing what could be both sides of World War Three. So- Absolutely,
2: Paul. We are at the end of our, our show uh, or hour. Uh, I want to thank you so much for joining us, Paul thank McGuire from Paul sub so, uh, Bookmark his his website. Subscribe to his podcast, The Paul McGuire Report, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern, each and every day. And
1: uh, Um, America, what's going to happen next? Paul, Um, thank you for making that available. Again, Us. Thank you, brother.
3: God bless you guys. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you so much for joining us here on this day after the election. Thank you again for all of your prayers, your support. Thank you for joining us yesterday on our extended uh, six-hour broadcast. We want to update... Our listeners, uh, folks, there are live uh, right now. Live anti-Trump protesting uh, protesters rallying in New York City, uh, L.A., and Chicago. And, yeah, exactly. And this is no small deal in New York City. The police—you're uh, looking at a couple of thousand protesters. They've got a giant uh, Trump pinata out there. Uh, yes, love Trumps. Ha- uh, yeah, I don't love, get that. I, I just—you I, know what? This <laughs> is this is ridiculous. But we are seeing the lawlessness cultivated by barack hussein obama and each and every one and, and i also ascribe blame to the never trumpers out there is hillary
2: and, at that uh profession? yeah
1: really <laughs> and i also point the finger of blame directly at those christians who have said you know no i can't do it have had some uh, objection to um, supporting Trump over Hillary, this feeds into this lawlessness frenzy. But, but, folks, keep your eyes on this, and I guarantee you, if uh, if anything does break throughout the night, we will take to the airwaves. We'll just keep your eye on HagmanReport.com. dot com. Um, I'm reaching out right now to uh, some New York City, uh, some of the, the finest out there. We're going to be going right now to uh, 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 Pastor. David Langford I I I'm just I'm watching them I'm I'm, watching I'm I'm looking at this and Thank I'm you. thinking my goodness this is just absolutely incredible the 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 um uh the the protests and I don't have a good feeling about any of this before we get to uh Pastor Langford I I, I do mm-hmm. want to mention that Alex Wilson was on our program, if that name rings a bell, it should, Precious Timber, you know you've heard Precious Timber, haven't you? Yeah, he's come on our show, he's talked
2: about his successful business ventures, not only uh, business ventures, but creating business ventures that not only uh, help create wealth, but also help... Those uh, people who are less fortunate in uh, other He's done countries. so
1: much. He's written a report called "The Billionaire's Secret." He's he's and, and he gives back a lot. He's a Christian. He's he, folks. Alex Wilson is uh, just a, a great friend of the program. But I want to talk to you just briefly. Coconuts. Did you know that worldwide demand is making is making coconuts one of the highest yielding cash crops. High net worth individuals and companies like Coke and Pepsi and others, they've invested in coconuts as a growth investment for long term income. Direct ownership of fully managed coconut acreage is now available to accredited investors. Meaning, you gotta have your act together. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And, and but the yield here. Could could be as much as 15% per year. This is a long-term investment. This triple bottom line opportunity generates a measurable, beneficial, social, and environmental impact alongside an attractive financial return that lasts for up to 60 long years. This is this is truly being a good steward with what God has given you. Help, precious timber create jobs, educate children, protect our planet by growing coconuts on prime farmland close to the tropical Costa Rican border. Qualified, accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com. That's right, ProfitsInCoconuts.com. Or let me give you a phone number, 855-888-6288 just to receive more information. Now, folks, this announcement does not, does not, does not, does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. And let me give you that number one more time. 855-888-6288 or just simply visit com. Give Alex Wilson a call. Look them up. Tell them you heard about them on the Hagman report, and and folks, we're gonna have Alex back on to talk about uh, a number of things, but uh, uh, investment, protect your, protect your investment. This is the way to do it. And by the way, four hundred one k's. We saw what happened in the markets last night. This is um, a four hundred one k self directed four uh, hundred one k um, mechanism. So profits coconuts dot com. Alex Wilson. Precious timber, Joe.
2: Each and every Wednesday, now we are blessed to have Pastor David Langford from the Voice Evangelism dot com. He also has a radio show on Blog Talk Radio, The Voice of Evangelism, and he joins us in the third hour each Wednesday night. This is something that I think we're almost a month in. Next week will be a month in, and has been a fantastic addition to our broadcast.
1: It, and, and before we bring them on, folks, again, just to alert you, anti-Trump protesters, New York City, Joe, you... Chicago, you, Chicago? LA. Okay. Um, uh, there's a number of live feeds from these
2: different cities. Uh, I want to say Dabu7 has one, I'm not sure, but I saw his name... Uh, Rupply TV, and you can just find it on the uh, Twitter live stream. No violence that I've seen yet, just a lot of... Uh, uh, just a uh, mass of
1: people hum- crying on the ground their hands humanity. in their lap. Uh, Lawlessness, indeed. But w- one one announcement uh, before we bring Pastor uh, Langford on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Rutherford Church of God. Folks, what are you doing November 18th, 19th, and 20th? That's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. What are you doing then? Are, are you anywhere from Atlanta, Georgia, to Richmond, Virginia? Do you, are you around that area? It's a big area. <laughs> well, hey, I'll tell you what. In El- Ellenboro, North Carolina, Rutherford Church of God, that's where Pastor Langford is going to be preaching November 18th, 19th, and 20th. And, and folks, um, if you have a chance, if you're, if you're not doing anything that weekend, or even if you are cancel your plans, see Pastor David Langford at the Rutherford Church of God, Ellenboro, North Carolina. Uh, you you can, there's a couple of hotels in Forest City. It's Forest City, North Carolina. It's close by. Um, there's a, well, there's options there to stay. But, uh, I'm sure Pastor Langford will talk more about it. But folks, rub elbows with this man. He will, I mean, you will be blessed. So let's bring him on. Pastor Langford, it's great to have you
2: back on the show.
0: Great joy to be with both of you brethren tonight and, uh, enjoyed what I heard with Paul McGuire a while ago as well.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, um, it's been a very interesting day. I don't know about you, Pastor Langford, but here we, uh, we were up until the, just about the sun came up watching the election coverage and the Trump acceptance speech. And, uh, from after last night, after we saw Trump was going to win. It was like a huge sigh of relief, followed by the thought, where do we go from here? Uh, why don't we start out by, uh, I want to hear your thoughts on, on what uh, went through your mind yesterday as you were watching the events unfold.
0: Well, I think uh, a couple of weeks ago I made the statement, I never become hopeless, I've become helpless. And I quoted he, uh, Romans 5 and 5, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in their hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And I never lost hope in the fact that uh, Donald Trump could win this election. And you know, we've heard all day long this was uh, this was uh, historical proportions. And as Doug and I were talking today, I said the truth is what we witnessed was a miracle of God. This was the divine miracle of God. God took one man he took the jawbone of an ass he slew a thousand points of opposition everything was against him he defeated both democrat and republican parties he defeated 16 candidates he defeated an entire media industry one man and so God fulfilled his word in Romans eight thirty one. if God be for us Who can be against us now what I said last week uh, to some people I haven't said it publicly yet as I can if I can recall correctly but what I did say I talked with several people and that was this over the last eight years this nation has been eviscerated this nation has been crucified And what we witnessed last night was a type of a resurrection. Following the crucifixion of Jesus, there was untold sorrow, remorse, pain, grief, bereavement, just profuse hurt. But once word got out that Jesus was raised from the dead, revival, great Exceeding joy begin to fill the early church and the apostles, but what I want people to understand is following the resurrection, the imprisonments, the beatings, the stonings, the beheadings, and the martyrdom began. And this is what I believe is going to happen following Donald Trump's election. Um. It's always been through great persecution and suffering that's brought about revival to any people or any nation. Revival does not come easy. And um, the, the fact is, Hillary, Clinton, Obama, all of these people, Loretta Lynch, they are the personification of lawlessness. Now, had she won last night, you and I and most of the listeners... Would retain our civility, our Christian, our Christianity. We would not be looting and burning and jumping on patrol cars and bashing out windshields. We we wouldn't do that because that's not the nature of Christ. But the lawless only become more lawless, and because they lost, they're not going to be happy. Because if Donald Trump is able to do a third of what he said he would do, build the wall appoint conservative Supreme Court justices, give same-sex marriage law back to the states, overturn Roe v. Wade, all hell's going to break loose against conservatism and Christianity. These people are not going to set by and let us take over. Now, the truth is, we will take over in the end. But there will be perpetual opposition till Jesus Christ returns. Now Satan is not going to win. it will look up to, it will look pessimistic it will be there will be times of bleakness, there'll be times of pain, there'll be times of sorrow. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus and you keep the Word of God in your heart, you have to understand that God is going to take care of this, and Satan will be defeated now. He's trying to present a new world order. And Donald Trump, I believe, is an instrument of God. As I said, he took the jawbone of an ass and one man, and he slew a thousand points of opposition. Now, Trump is the 45th president, or will be. 45 means preservation. That's very unusual when you study biblical numerology that this is the 45th president matter of fact Obama was the 44th 4 and 4 is 8 meaning new beginnings did we ever go into a new beginning but um, it's about preservation the 45th number and so I believe God is going to try to give us an element of preservation though it will not be with a lot of confrontation there will be a lot of confrontation and God uh, trying to preserve this nation. And uh, if Donald Trump was a type and a shadow of a resurrection, resurrecting the Constitution, resurrecting conservatism, then you're going to watch these. See, this is, this is why they keep telling you, you know, we've got to finish what we have started. You know, Obama says we've got to elect Hillary. We've got to finish. What have they done for the sake of the nation? Nothing. But what they All have right. done is they have carried forth and brought us further down the road of a new world order as I said I think it was last week or week before last 25 years ago we heard that term new world order and um this is what's going to, I, I said this would happen this is exactly what would happen the the looting the burning the plundering the pillaging all of it would start because the liberals and the more liberal one gets in their mindset uh, it's, it's, I look at it as, as, as a teenager, uh, the more drunk they get, the loose they become. A girl's she loses her inhibitions; she'll let a man start touching her and doing things to her that she would ordinarily not do. Had she, was she sober? But she becomes more liberal.ly And so does a man in that in that context, because they're losing the conviction. So the liberals have lost any sense of conviction so that's why you're going to see wickedness and lawlessness these people are the personification of lawlessness it's not us it's you know clinton uh... bill clinton with loretta lynch on the tarmac that's lawlessness obama says i got a pen and a phone lawlessness no fbi investigation lawlessness lois learner lawlessness Well. I have a good conscience, you guys have a good conscience, so we we won't do certain things for conscience sake. But these people don't have a conscience, and I didn't even know till y'all just, I heard y'all say that, but this was taking place, I've been up here working in my office because I didn't go to bed till 3.30 or 4 o'clock myself this morning, and that was all a ploy. Uh, they hated to capitulate, they hated to surrender, and I reckon somehow they thought the longer they could hold it off, maybe something would change, but you can't <laughs> stop God, it, it's impossible.
2: That's very true. And Pastor, you were mentioning some numbers there, uh, and my dad just reminded me of the fact. Uh, isn't it interesting that on Inauguration Day, Trump will be 70 years old, seven months, seven weeks, and seven days old? That, or, know, or seven days, not seven weeks. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Just seven three years, sevens. Seven years, seven months, seven days. Right.
0: Well, you know, seven in biblical numerology means completeness, spiritual perfection. Now we're not when we see when we use the word perfection, um, Matthew five and forty eight, I remember when I first began to minister, Matthew five forty eight says, Be ye therefore perfect even as your father which in heaven is perfect. And I, I remember reading that as a young minister and I thought that's impossible. I can't be as perfect as God the Father is. But what it means, it means to seek to be mature seek to be mature we witnessed through these last 18 months a type of maturity just in donald trump's behavior he he began to harness himself sure people were talk, talking to him and coaching him but that last debate he he didn't seem to have the uh, physical outburst in his demeanor you know he was very uh, composed very thoughtful in his verbiage his words and so we're witnessing a type of perfection or maturity in that context and you know as I said before I don't know how long ago about Isaiah 45 he told Cyrus though you do not know me I have anointed you in other words we don't even have a relationship Cyrus you don't know I'm Jehovah you don't know I'm Elohim you don't have any clue who I am but that has nothing to do with anything because I'm God and I'm going to use what I will there's a Greek word and in uh, Luke two, when Gabriel said to Mary, "Thou art highly favored; thou art blessed among women," and the word there is eulogia, and uh, we uh, get our English word uh, eulogy, and we use it in the context when you eulogize a decedent or you uh, talk about them at their funeral. Uh, that's what the word "blessed" in the general uh, means there, and from the English standpoint. But in the Greek standpoint, what it means is that God, in His sovereignty, brings anyone, any time, as He wills, into His light. In other words, the eulogia of God is God's action in somebody's life to bring that person. To the desired relationship with himself in other words, the, the, the person has nothing whatsoever to do with it. Abram was a heathen, his father was Terah, and his father made idols, but out of all the people in the earth just like Noah, out of all the people in the earth God chose Noah, out of all the people in the earth God chose Abraham, out of all the people in the earth God chose God chose, chose Mary, and and simply put, they have nothing to do with it. God chose Joseph. He had nothing to do with it. God called me to be a preacher. I had nothing to do with it. It's God, in His sovereignty, bringing someone into a divine relationship with Himself for His purpose. And so, God, in His sovereignty has brought Donald Trump, listen folks, this was an absolute miracle. People say, I want to say a miracle. You witnessed a miracle in this election. This is unheard of. This is unfathomable. Think about what I'm saying. All the media, except for maybe Fox News and poor old rotten Bill O'Reilly, brought up the birther issue again. That thing had been buried and dead and gone, and it was Bill O'Reilly who brought it up again. So they heard him, in a sense, by just bringing that issue up. But every other, CNN, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, CBS, 16 candidates, and both Democratic and Republican parties, and one man, one individual man, the Paul Ryan, all of them, they just abandoned him. Kind of reminds me of Paul the Apostle in 2 Timothy 4, where Paul said, No man was, was stood with me. Nevertheless, he said, The Lord stood with me and strengthened me. So when God strengthens you, it doesn't matter who stands with you. You know, uh, when God undergirds a man, and I believe Donald Trump has had divine protection. I, I believe God has sovereignly, divinely protected the man. And I believe Hillary has had. Satanic protection I I believe the devil And the demons of hell Have watched over her Absolutely This woman should have been Brought down a long time ago But something kept Sustaining her you know, this is why Ephesians six twelve says, "We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places." And and that doesn't just mean atmospherically high places; it means rulers in high places, like Washington D.C., the Illuminati's, the New World Order. This 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 is this is the. This is the powers of darkness. I remember years ago I was out praying. I used to pray a lot and walk up and down the road in my house uh, where we previously lived. And I was praying one day, and I felt like the Lord spoke to my heart and said, If I opened your eyes and your ears, you could not withstand the clanging, the banging, the cinders, the, 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 the warfare, the sparks. As the angels in heaven and the powers of Satan are constantly warring, we 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 don't think about it much, but it's constantly talked about in the scriptures. When Paul said, "We're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. We're wrestling against those powers and and entities through the Spirit of God and through the Word of God." You know, Second uh, Corinthians ten. 3 says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Daniel, on his 21-day fast, Michael said, From day one, your prayer was heard, but the prince of Persia withstood me. So he had to call to the Father and ask for Gabriel to come and fight the prince of Persia so he could come bring Daniel the answer. Revelation 12 and 7 says, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought, and his angels. This is going on all the time. And, And,
2: and Pastor, do you think that we're going to see an increase in the spiritual darkness and and its push now that trump? Uh, you know,
1: yeah. Are they, they doubling the down? I, yes, sir. I, I didn't mean to over-talk you, but yeah.
0: Wow. Yes, sir. But here's the key: months ago, months ago, for 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 probably six weeks to two months. Every night I would go to bed, I would keep hearing these two verses in my spirit, just grinding my mind. I, I couldn't get them off of my mind. Acts two seventeen and 18. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams on my servants and on my handmaidens. I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood, fire, and vapor, smoke. God is going to also manifest his power on the saintly, the godly. He's going to give us what we need to counter this. We're, We're not without power, we're not without weaponry. Paul just says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You can't beat the devil up with a two by four, you have to pray. You have to plead the blood. You have to walk in the spirit. We have to preach the word. That's the power. As I said, when you go to Acts and you start in Acts chapter three, after Jesus was raised from the dead, all hell broke loose, and that's what I anticipate because of this election. Let me tell you, don't think for one minute the Republicans are not upset. They're going to feign um, and pretend. You know, we're working with him. But uh, my hope is, and, and, I, and I believe this with all of my heart, just like Mike Pence, God is going to put Christian people around him.
2: Yeah, and, and um, absolutely. you know. And I want to make sure that this is clear. All those people who have been praying for the evil of Hillary Clinton to make sure that she did not become president, that prayed for Donald Trump, to become president, that prayed for God's intervention in America, this is not the time to let up with those prayers. We need to continue to pray more so now than ever, because as we talked about the last few days, this was just the very beginnings of the battle, regardless of who won. But with a Trump win, it's a relief. A burden feels like it's lifted off our shoulders. But at the same time, this spiritual darkness and those rulers are going to continue to recuperate and find a new strategy of attack look how much they have been able to affect the minds of the young people out there with this snowflake generation the social justice warriors and this you know push to eradicate gender lines folks we're talking with pastor david langford we'll be right back with our final segment with pastor langford right after these short messages stay with us Wednesday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Pastor David Langford is our guest. The Voice of Evangelism The Voice of Evangelism on Blog Talk Radio is his radio show. Again, go to his blog talk. Go to his website. Find his Blog Talk Radio page. Bookmark it. Uh, subscribe to the RSS feed, the podcast, and make it a part of your daily routine. Pastor Langford is a man uh, of God and has been doing this for over forty years, I believe and is one of the most biblical-based pastors uh, that we have in this country. But during the break, Pastor Langford, we were talking here in the studio about um, a number of things, and um, I guess the bottom line is this. The story uh, about Jonah and Nineveh and the destruction of Nineveh being held off for a 100 years due to the repentance of the people of Nineveh, uh, and Jonah bringing the warning of destruction um, wanting to die because the Lord did not follow through with the destruction because the people repented are we in a similar situation where God has granted us a reprieve and even though the destruction did not come immediately during that reprieve that was granted to Nineveh uh then it was not destroyed only, you know, a hundred years later, the people turned back to their ways and got back into the, the corruption, and, and Nineveh ended up being destroyed. Are we in that moment where God has, has granted us this opportunity, uh, this stay of judgment?
0: I personally believe he has. Um, that's why it's called grace and mercy. Psalms 147, verse 11 says, The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him and in those that hope in his mercy. I hope in the Lord's mercy. My faith is in his mercy. Uh, it's interesting that you would bring up Jonah, especially the king of Nineveh, because uh, Jonah 3, verse 6 says, For word came unto the king... In other words, he didn't hear the direct message from Jonah. Word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne. He laid his robe from him, covered himself with sackcloth and set in ashes and he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything let them not feed nor drink water so and then, he's, then, then in the closing he said who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not now what I find striking about that is The king did not hear Jonah and Jonah's words, but word came to the king that there's a prophet in the city declaring the judgment of God. And, you know, here's the great thing about America and the church. God is always going to have a remnant. God will never be left without a faction, without a remnant, just like Elijah He said, God, I'm the only one left. They have forsaken your law. They've thrown down the altars, and they've killed the prophets, and I'm the only one left. And God said, no, I've got 7,000 that's never yet bowed a knee to Baal. So for the many years, you guys, other ministries, and end-time prophetic teachers and preachers, uh that are preaching the truth have been the salt and the light. Uh and God honors that. You know, uh I have been fasting and praying my whole ministry. And since nineteen ninety four I have stayed before God uh asking him to be merciful, to awaken the church, to awaken the church leaders. You know, I, I spent a, a good amount of time Monday and yesterday in prayer for this nation. Interceding, and I I held God's word in my hand, and I read God's word back to him from Second Chronicles chapter six and Second Chronicles chapter seven, and um, I I pled my case before God. And uh, I know people think that's still that's not applicable today, but it is. I don't care what anybody says. Psalms, uh, I mean Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then while I hear from heaven, forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and mine ears attend unto the prayers that should be made in this place. God cannot speak to the world because the world's not listening. So who's God going to speak to? The church, his people. Revelation 2, 7. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. God is speaking, and, and and the people that are hearing, I'm not talking about your Joy Osteen and all this other crowd. I'm talking about the true church. They're hearing the voice of God. They're hearing the heart of God. They've been warning. They've been pleading. They've been fasting. They've been crying. That does not go unrewarded. When you go back and you read the conclusion of Second uh, Chronicles 7 after Solomon had made this great sacrifice and slain tens of thousands of animals, God tells him what will happen if the people forsake him. He said, If I shut up heaven and there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among the people. And they then he said, if they'll pray, humble themselves, seek my face. And then as he's closing out the chapter, and he says If I have to destroy Jerusalem, I have to allow Israel to be destroyed, the people will say, Why hath the Lord done this unto his land and unto his house? And the answer would be, Because they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and laid hold on other gods and worshipped them. That's why. He said, when you see this judgment, and it did ultimately happen, uh, you'll read the, 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 the climatic ending in Second Chronicles 36. Uh, uh, that was when Nebuchadnezzar came in, burned down Jerusalem, uh, seized the sacred vessels. God put that in the king's heart to take those sacred vessels back to Babylon And 70 years from then, God would use those sacred vessels on Nebuchadnezzar's grandson, which is Belshazzar, Daniel chapter 5, when they really began to get drunk. And he, he said, go get the sacred vessels, and they put their wine and liquor and began to worship the gods of gold, brass, silver, wood. And that's when the handwriting of God appeared on the wall. But uh, 2 Chronicles 36, 7, Nebuchadnezzar also carried of the vessels of the house of the Lord to Babylon and put them in his temple at Babylon. So God put it in the king's heart. I I want people to understand a little chronology here tonight. God put it in Nebuchadnezzar's heart to take those sacred vessels out of the temple of Jerusalem and take them back to Babylon because from that point, 70 years later, God would then use those same vessels as a judgment against the Medo Persian, I mean, the Babylon Empire, and brought them down through the Medo Persian Empire. When you go to Daniel chapter 5, verse 3, Belshazzar said, Go and get the golden vessels. That were taken out of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem, and the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines drank in them, and they drank wine and praised the gods of the gold, of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood, and of stone. That's when the hand of God appeared on the wall, and his loins, his knees began to smite one another, and they called Daniel, and of course Daniel, see, and I, I God gave me the simplest revelation one time reading this, you know. Uh, we we always think God is, you know, way out there. God wrote this in Hebrew, but a Babylonian couldn't read it. it, it, it I can't, I'll, I'll never forget when I was reading this, and it came to me plain as day. Meeny, meeny, tinkle you farsen. And uh, it was Hebrew, but the Babylonian couldn't read it. And so he went and got the Hebrew, who was Daniel, and said, hey, read this. And he preached to him first. And then he interpreted, meaning, God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Tinkle, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. And then Daniel changes the word eupharsen to the word Perez. Remember Shimon Perez? Thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Well, that's what Perez means, to divide. And, of course, Shimon Perez was along with Yikshat Rabin desirous to divide Jerusalem. So he's fulfilling his name. So that was the chronology. So everything that happens when you read the Bible, there's a reason why God is allowing it to happen, uh, whether it's now or 70 years later. So like you well said, Joe, God may be giving us, you know, a reprieve. I'm telling you, 45 means preservation. Now, how long is the preservation? I don't know. What does salt and light do? It preserves so, how much time do we have? Only God knows that time. But as you well said, we cannot let up. If we let up, we will lose. And that's the—it's always been the problem with the church. When things start going good, we let down. We don't finish the fight. You know, we we get we get a good punch in. And we kind of try and walk off and you know, strut our stuff and say, "Hey, I, I'd like to knock him out." And you turn it back around, Pam. He knocks you in the head, and you're out. You know, we we can't take this NASCAR victory lap and do a burnout in the stadium and burn smoke and rubber and say, "Hey, we won." No, we the battle has just begun. Because I'm telling you, in my heart, this is a type of resurrection, and the 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 the. the beatings, the the martyrdom, the beheadings uh, the persecution, the imprisonment exploded in the book of Acts why did that happen? because of the resurrection that would have never happened because the, 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 the disciples everyone was just so heartbroken, weeping and mourning Jesus who did all these miracles and fed the multitudes he's dead, buried in a tomb all hope has been lost but thank God on that third day Revelation 1 19 says, I am he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I'm alive forevermore, and have the keys of death and of hell. Amen. And he'll never die again. Hebrews 2.14, that through death he destroyed him that had the power of death. That is the devil. And uh now you and I have the power. We have he's given us the keys to the kingdom, and it's up to us now to, to march onward and you know the the puny, anemic Christians said, well, I, I, I can't do that. No, we have to do this. We have to do. That's why Jesus said, "Pray, Thy Kingdom come." You know, we need to be praying. To come, bring the kingdom, Lord. Bring it on and establish it in the earth. And uh, and 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 that's why we're. It's why Jesus in Matthew twenty four eight. Uh, he talks about these are the days of sorrow and that word sorrows there in the greek literally means birth pains and then the closer a woman is to having child the more frequent the labor pains and the more severe the greater the severity of the labor pains the closer it comes to the child being born so we're entering into a time of labor and uh, it's a good thing because the kingdom of god will come in the end but getting there is the hard part
1: man i'll tell you it... The, the current situation we in which we find ourselves the events of the last well the last really uh, year but specifically over the last uh, 24, 48 hours all has I mean this is the physical manifestation if I'm hearing this correctly of the spiritual battle um this is what you're saying, and as as well as um, it, it's just beginning. I mean, this is not a stopping point. This is not something we should just kind of um, you know to take a breather on. We have to at this point double down ourselves because the spirit in the spirit realm or spirit world, the Luciferians, the they're doubling down
0: let's use the analogy of Israel and the Exodus you see we stay in a state of battle as Christians all the time so they're out of Egypt now and they're between the Red Sea and the Egyptian army God parts the Red Sea they get to go across on dry ground God destroys the Egyptian armies and the chariots and the horsemen as they get in there and their dead bodies wash up on the seashore and Miriam and uh, the ladies get their tambourines out, and they have a little hallelujah party. But that was just the beginning. And God, he, he rattled off a litany of Canaanites, Moabites, Hittites, Zebutites. He, he named off a litany of enemies. Now, you got to go conquer them, and not only them, but the giants, to get the promised land. You know? And uh, so, just because you, you got this one victory and out of Egypt out of the Exodus... that's why it was called the promised land a land that flowed with milk and honey that's a type and a shadow of the spiritual milk and honey and land of promise that we're looking for as Abraham did looking for a city which had foundations whose builder and maker was God that was a reference to New Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God in Revelation 21 that's how far futuristic that was, nearly 6,000 years. But the point is, just because they got out of Egypt's bondage, the battle did not cease. See? Uh, until Jesus comes back, this is what we have. But we can have victories. You know, I look back, the church had a great opportunity in the 80s. But the two largest ministries, one I have preached for, the other I have not, being swaggered and Baker there was there was there was debacles there. there. were there were difficulties there and 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 the devil see jumped on that to hurt us you know those men are human just like the rest of us and uh... maybe we should have been praying for them more than we were you know that this this is why we we can't let up had we been covering these men in prayer maybe this would have never happened i i can't say where that would have or not but the point is when the church seems to get momentum We just, you know, we get half-hearted. You know, every time things get good, the church gets lazy. Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 30, verses 8 and 9, he said, Lord, feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny thee, and say, who is the Lord? Prosperity destroys spirituality, because Riches and goods and prosperity. I don't need God. I'll just go buy it. You know that that was the admonition to the church at Laodicea in Revelation three. The church sees itself in one light. God sees the church in another light. The church at Laodicea—they're telling God, "We are rich. We are uh, have increased with goods. We have need of nothing." and his reply was knowest not that thou art wretched miserable poor blind and naked but they saw themselves saying we're rich and increased with goods we don't have need of anything and God says boy you you just don't see the facts here I see you as wretched miserable poor blind and naked and uh... and I, I thank God for the ministries and ministers that have been praying and pleading for the people to pray we can't quit now. We quit now. We're, see, we'll lose the ground we, we've covered. And I was thinking the other day, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, we're in the teens. So in the last 40 years, you know, we were, we were making some really serious momentum, and all of a sudden we we seemed to stump our toe and we lost ground. And We've lost so much ground now that we have homosexual pastors and sodomite churches and all of this stuff. And, but see, God says, I'm going to turn this thing around. And I believe Trump will seek to do. And giving the states back their rights, whereas, like North Carolina voted, we were against same-sex marriage. But a federal judge said, no, that's unconstitutional. But if we could have that right given back to the state, the people said, no, marriage is between one man and one woman. And so Trump, as I said, if he begins to legislate, and what we we will witness is, we won't be hearing Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, we'll just hear the phraseology, the administration. You know, whether he has like a... uh, a uh, Trey Gowdy or uh, Giuliani as a uh, attorney general. Um, uh, he has his spokes relations person that speaks to the media, and, and, and Trump will be less beaten for the, for the sake of a better term, uh, castigated because he won't always be out there. And you know, for instance, let's say he appointed a, a, a Trey Gowdy as attorney general, a Ru- Rudolph Giuliani and uh, they say, we're calling a press conference, we, who, the Attorney General and, and the Department of Justice, we're calling a press conference, well, what are you going to share, we'll just come to the press conference, well now, we've been investigating, and there is some validity in Hillary Clinton's emails and foundation, well Trump's never even mentioned, he's been insulated by a group of people, you know, Mike Pence is a devout Christian, and, and, and a lot of these people that is getting around Trump are Christians. Well, you can't stay around that too awfully long and not start being affected one way or the other, and it will be in a positive manner. It won't be in a negative manner. You know, that's one thing I've always appreciated about Donald Trump. He's a sinner. Now, let's, let, let's just be pragmatic here. The man's a sinner. I expect him to talk like he talks and do like he does. But I was thinking the other day, he's 70 years of age. He's a billionaire. And he's probably thinking in his own mind, what other thing can I do in life to make an indelible impression and leave a lasting legacy that's untold? I've got Trump Towers, I've got golf courses in Scotland, I've got this, I've got... What can I do as a man to leave a uh, 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 a, a tremendous legacy uh, of myself and... God says, okay, that's the man I want. And I'm going to put it in his heart to run for president. Now, that, what was it, two years ago at that dinner when Obama was making fun of Trump about the birther issue? No, God yeah. could have put it that night yeah. in Donald Trump's mind and said, I'm going to fight you, buddy. I'm going to run for president. Proverbs 17, I mean, Proverbs 16, verse 9 says, A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directed his steps. So he hmm. he manned his heart that night and said, you know what? I don't have anything left I can do. I've, I've done it all. I mean, he's going to have to step down from a 757 to fly flying a 747. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's going to go from the most opulent towers to the, to the White House, which is a step down. But he may have sat there that night and God through the Spirit of the Lord, put that in his heart. And now God's going to direct his steps. I'm telling you, this was impossible. But he did it. And I'm telling you, he didn't do it. Donald Trump didn't do this. God did this.
2: It was impossible. Um, All the dirty tricks of the Clintons, the ability to intimidate people, to disappear people, the... Uh, political machine that was and is the Clintons that sp- uh, has support from you know some of the worst terrorist nations and leaders across the world, including their money. Most importantly, she had you know just with these uh, satanic rituals she partakes in. She had that these powers of principalities in high places on her side protecting her. She had the full. uh United States government protecting her and Donald Trump. The every cable news network was 24 7 Trump bashing central from the primaries from before the primaries, but specifically on him after the primaries until this election. They had, um, I mean, he had a hundred different guns pointed in all at his head at the same time, yet. He overcame, and he overcame because of the people out there who believed and saw through the corruption. And one thing that happened this election cycle, more so than any other cycle that I've been um, alive and paying attention to, is even if he didn't win, he brought out, between WikiLeaks and him and his campaign, they've opened the eyes of millions and millions of people who might not otherwise have been paying attention to the level of depravity and evil that is the clinton political machine and regardless of how many ballots they stuffed and and voter fraud they tried to commit the people overcame that and they either miscalculated or there and, and i believe god had a lot to do with yeah it. i mean
1: that's what pastor was saying it's god
2: um directing yeah. this and, and you know what pastor w- does, i mean we always have a responsibility to god but don't forget folks if i mean we have to thank god for what he has given us and Amen. not only that more so, oh, yeah. more important than that is you know we have to stand by the lord in truth and hold all these people accountable. I mean, even if the truth is unpopular, we cannot not shy away from it. Even if it's Donald Trump, you know, who continue. let's say Trump is like every other president and continues the policies of Bush and Obama, you know, continues these wars and, uh you know, just turns into, you know, what most people would expect him to. Uh, based on you know all the promises every other candidate's made, gets into office and and turns their back on those on those constituents and the, their
1: problems. But the difference there, and I just want to interject this: what what Pastor was saying too about the, um, uh, he was speaking to motive. I think Pastor, this is what you are talking about. You know the legacy, uh, what 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 you described as a, um, an honest, um, an honest, uh, uh. Uh, cre- creative attempt at, at, at a legacy the press the media others are describing as this narcissism which it, wow the, okay the, you know the man
0: he- had never even been so much as a county commissioner right a mayor he never settled a school board the guy knows nothing about politics. That's that's what made this so amazing. The guy didn't know how to answer the questions when they were hit. He, he didn't know how to be politically correct. He's the only guy that stood up on the first debate, raised his hand, and said, I won't, I won't commit. And then the rest of them said, "In Kasich, John Kasich, if, John, you're listening or not, you're a pathetic Christian. You lied, sir. You lied mm-hmm. to the American people. You say you're a Christian? You're just a Christian in name only. This is the problem with the church. They lie like the... That's why they're called lying politicians. He's a politician, but he says he's a Christian. I don't go for that stuff no more, folks. That, that's as big a hypocrite as they ever walked in shoe leather. That, 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 that don't cut the mustard with God. They don't cut it with me. I'm a man of integrity. If I tell you something, I'm going to keep my word. If I can't, I'm going to call you and say, I've got a problem, and here's what it is, but I'm going to do my best to keep my word. I promise you that. But they won't do it because they sold their souls. He don't have anything. He, that's what makes him different. He was never for sale. He, you can't buy a man that's got a billion dollars like he... What is that, how are you going to get to him? He said he made $400 million a year. Did you notice his young son last night, 13 years old, how well he was groomed to suit, clothes on? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, Donald yeah. Trump's brother, Fred, died of alcoholism. He told his kids three things. Don't ever drink, don't ever smoke, don't ever get a tattoo. Mm-hmm. And he did a pretty good job keeping them. They don't look like any of them are doing those things.
1: What a wonderful, uh, spiritual debriefing, uh, post-election spiritual debriefing by Pastor David Langford. Uh, Pastor, we're at the end of the program already. It, wow. Wow. That, that, that just went quickly, but a very necessary and, uh, in my view, right, uh, right dead on accurate assessment of, uh, of everything that's taken place. And, and you're right. It's God's hand.
0: Amen. Let's be good soldiers and fight the good fight of faith, folks. Hey, come out to that revival, November the 18th through the 20th, if you get a chance, in Ellenboro, North Carolina, that's Rutherford Church of God. We'll love to see some of you.
1: We're going to have that up on the Hagman Report. So, folks, if you didn't catch that, check Hagman Report in the morning. It'll be up there for you, Pastor, and we will keep promoting that uh, right through the event.
0: Thank you so much, gentlemen. We love you guys and love the listening audience. And everybody keep praying. This is how we keep the victory.
1: Amen.
2: God God bless bless you, you all. All right. God bless you. Have a good night. Folks, that'll do it for us tonight. That was Pastor David Langford. Paul McGuire joined us in hour number two in case you missed it. The next uh, two days, we've got great shows lined up for you. We have uh, a guest coming on hours two and three tomorrow, Answers in Genesis, as well as Doc Marquis, closing out the week strong on Friday. As for us, we're signing off. It's been a long 48 hours. We'll see you back here rejuvenated, rested, tomorrow ready to go.